Hey guys, welcome to the Matt Burn Podcast, episode 22. I just wanted to hit that intro real quick before Keenan got on the mic so he can't interrupt me. We do, are we doing live stream, like live oh, yeah. live? Well, I figure when we don't have guests, it's good to have. Okay. So. Hold on, let me make sure we're all good. You can continue. Yeah, I just got a few things to say about this whole uh, the Game Changers documentary. That's yeah, it's all fake. <laughs> I've been telling you since day well, one. Well, look, at, I want to just clarify something for everyone. Okay. I very, very clearly stated that I don't believe everything I see <laughs> or hear and that I'm just going to try it out for myself. Uh-huh. And for some reason... Everybody got all fired up about it. And they came after you? And sent me hundreds of fucking messages. Oh my God. Like, why do you guys give a fuck what I do with my diet? It's my diet. It's Don't like, you know that you owe these people on the internet the right of truth? You need to tell the truth and you need to follow the rules of the I internet. I said, I very clearly stated, I was like, I don't believe everything I hear, I'm, but I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it and I'm going to see how, how my body feels when I do that. And, and what people really don't understand is that I drastically change my diet all the fucking time. This is just a thing. Hey, I hear some buzz. Yeah, don't do that. Can they hear us? I don't know. Can you guys hear us? Can someone give us a... I don't hear us in the... Can someone give us a signal? Oh, no, we're good. Okay. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, I very clearly stated that I don't believe everything I hear. I don't believe everything I read. But I'm going to try it out. Because that's what I like to do. I like that's to, respectable, bro. You have to experiment. experiment I like to experiment with my diet. I do it all the time, man. I do it all the time. I do, I've done. I've done. I've done vegan for a month. I've done. I've done just like steak every day, dude. I did steak every day for a month. Why? Because I wanted to see if I can get huge. Did it? I, I was lifting weights really hard and just eating steak every day. I definitely gained weight. That's for sure. I didn't feel great, but I gained weight. And that's what I was trying to do. This was a long time ago. It was like 10 years ago. How do I, does anyone know how to go to my live stream dashboard on the new YouTube? One time I did rice and chicken for a month. Just rice and chicken. That was a terrible idea. I was just cutting, I was cutting weight for an MMA fight. Bro, don't you know it's all about intuitive eating? I don't even know what that means. Your, your friend, what's her name, always talks about that on her Instagram. I don't know what it means. Intuitive eating? Yeah. Oh, Kendall? Is that her name? Yeah. I haven't met her officially. I saw her outside a lifting gym once and she was like on a business call. She didn't have time for me. Yeah, she's too We waved she's, and she was just like, she's too off. important for you. Yeah. Um, so anyways, I just don't understand why everyone got all worked up about it. The other thing that I thought was hilarious, and I'm just going to talk about this for like one more minute and then I'm never going to talk about it again. Okay. But I thought it was hilarious that people are like, don't, don't listen to that documentary. Watch this YouTube video. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was like, how do you guys not see the irony in that? Like, don't watch this documentary that was published on a pretty huge video platform. That that I would assume some people, I would have assumed some people that were behind uh, Netflix would have like vetted their yeah, information right. beforehand. Yeah, vetted. That's a good. Well, idea. here's here's the whole problem with like that's just the way media is going in general. Is people don't care about the truth; they just want clicks and views. Right. And they're willing to sacrifice journalism, like what is the term for that? like ethical journalism to actually like tell both sides of the story properly. So right. the funny thing about that video is the guy who produced it or one of the producers has a, a pea protein company. So that's like yeah. a conflict, conflict of, interest of interest right there. Yeah. And so it's like people realize that they can put out 
different types of content and media to actually just promote their products more, much like this podcast you're watching right now. Right. It's like, that's why everyone goes on the internet now. It's like, if you're going to produce content, you have to promote some sort of product with it. And it's like, everyone's realizing there's this new era of self-production that anyone can produce a podcast, a video, a documentary. I could produce a documentary right now. It's easy to hire the right filmographers and editors to do it. I could pick a subject and I could manipulate it as much as I want right. and present it as truth. And that's what people do. Well, I, and I didn't, I didn't make an assumption that it was hundred percent true, but I, like you said, I would have assumed someone. Yeah. You just hope ne- that it's like, I mean, someone at Netflix should have fucking looked into it. Right. So now Joe Rogan is bringing on a guy, but think about it like this. Cause then also now we're talking about the fucking documentary. Know, People are going to go watch know, it. So it's like, it doesn't matter if it's good or bad or if, as long as yeah. it, if it causes controversy, that's yeah. better. Because all the vegans are going to defend the vegan points right. in the thing. And then everyone else is going to be like, it's fucking fake. So, and then everyone's going to talk about it and watch it. And so, so now Joe Rogan is having this, the guy on his next episode uh, to debunk the game changers. And of course, everyone's fucking tagging me in it. Like, I don't give a fuck. And first of all, I never said I was going fucking vegan. I don't know why you guys fuck. Like, Did do you, you say that? Do, no, I didn't. Do you guys even listen to what the fuck I'm saying? Who said it? I didn't say it. Of the, in my DMs, bro. Oh, the DMs. The hundreds of DMs. You got to remember that the people that go out of their way to message you stuff like that, like. Oh, I've just stopped. I've stopped, gotta, I've just stopped opening. I don't look at them anymore. You guys ruined it. You guys ruined it for me, man. I used to really enjoy reading the messages people would send me, but I just don't anymore. It's very easy to like at a glance, see the tone tonality of the message. Oh, yeah, the first four words that you get that yeah. little preview. Yeah, you can you, just be like, hmm, I'm probably not going to open it. Anytime it says <laughs> I was watching the Matt Burn podcast, I just don't open it. Oh, no. Because I know they're just going to, they picked on something I said. And they're just going to like give me shit about it. So people are saying you're just malnourished and hangry. And that's <laughs> <laughs> from your vegan. And I, I said I was doing no meat November. That's what I said. No meat November. Oh, that's okay. what I said. Right. Then it's a vegan. So I'm, tell us the results, bro. How did you feel? I feel fine. I don't feel any, November's not I over. I really don't feel that different, to be honest. Do but, you feel like more like level well, well, energy? Okay. Like what are the but, subtle but changes let, that you've experienced? Well, here's this? the problem. The problem is I went to Mexico for a week and I drank a bunch of beer and ate, and ate fucking crap food. <laughs> like I was eating donuts every day. Like, Oh God. Yeah. This is not a good baseline. Yeah. So I really don't know, to be honest. Shit. Yeah. What a waste. I know. But no, I like to challenge myself. I like to change my diet and see. So I'm, I have a friend named Chris and he, he is um, vegan now and he's a, he's a, gentleman who's around 40 early 40s and he's a good purple belt and he's training at my gym now and he's been i believe he said he's been doing it for a year and a half but the way he was talking about it was like he started a month ago and so i was like thinking that he had just started a month ago but then i was like how long have you been doing this for and he's like i've been doing it a year and a half and so and he's doing great in my classes like he's like doing well like he has the he's the most energy he trains the most like he's there all the time compared to other people in his like similar workspace and uh he looks good solid the problem is (laughs) (laughs) the thing is there's a thing called um endogenous variables right androgynous variables androgynous no endogenous endogenous. what does that mean it's it's when you make a correlation between two things, but they're not, there's not a direct causal relationship. There's something oh. else in the middle, probably. Right. Like for example, the, the famous example, correlation without causation. Right. Is what I know people, people, anyone who's taking statistics 101 loves to say that. Okay. Oh, correlation is not. So is the, well, the fancier term is that what you just said, it's an endogenous variable is the variable that's missing. Like the, it's the factor that's actually causing an effect that you're not. So the example they use in the stats courses is, um, there's a correlation between hot weather. No, fuck. I ruined it. 
I just I gave the punchline out. Oh no. The correlation is between ice cream sales and aggravated assaults. Oh. And so if you're just looking at these two variables, you're like, oh fucking hot you know, ice cream sales causes aggravated assaults. Like ice cream makes you angry or or So you're saying that like but there's they the, both rise at the same time. The endogenous variable is hot weather. That Violent means, crimes occur more in hot weather? Well p- people get irritable when really? it's hot. I don't. I you do get, not I do less. Do it seems ever, that seems like it'd get you more hot. Do you ever get irritable? Dude, I've been super irritable lately. I've been wor- worked to the bone. The academy life. It's not just it's not that. It's that I still have to run my website stuff and like I mean I okay, to so to right, be fair, running two businesses. I right? I don't I don't have to do a, very much. Like I have to like oversee things, make sure everything's good. I've got to be available to film at the time, but I have a manager who handles most of that for Who's me. Who's your manager? Miha. He's very good at what he does. And but it's still a lot to do. And so then now there's the headache of like opening the actual gym and all of the the litany of things that just go wrong or are delayed or issues with construction or permits or the landlord not approving something or like an inspector coming in. It's all these different things that it's like after it's done, it's like, why did I even have to be present for this? I couldn't, I feel like they could have figured it out on their own, but it's like, everything has to go through you. They need need you there. I have to like constantly be there to be like, yes, 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 no, (laughs) yes, yes. (laughs) Like it's kind of tough. And then I've been teaching twice a day too. That's like the, that's the easy part. That's what was funny. Is like, that's what everybody says. People were, on Reddit, they're like, Keen is never going to be at his gym. He's like, and I, you know, but that the teaching is literally the easy part because it's like you get to relax. That's what I really know. Jiu Jitsu, I could talk about Jiu Jitsu all day. Right. But it's like the podcast. The talking is easy. Yeah. It's easy to explain it's, something you're passionate it's about. It's the editing that sucks. Right. The social media, the fucking, all the back. Oh, wait. Back. We got some donations already. Fuck Two, yeah. Five bucks. It's, lo- it's exogenous, not endogenous. <sighs> exogenous. AM Park. He oh, always whatever. donates to us. I took, and then he said, I took stats 10 fucking years ago. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> he preemptively said, sorry, lol. <laughs> <laughs> no, I knew, I knew it was exogenous variables and endogenous variables. Oh, there's two different types. There's exogenous and endogenous. So I guess exogenous. Exo- exo- Bro, he me. donated $7 to you. Okay. And you're going to say, go fuck yourself. Don't fuck yourself. This is a client. You know, when you tell someone to fuck yourself, are you telling them to go masturbate? I, mean, I always less. thought it involved some sort of cloning situation. <laughs> But I could be wrong. Bernie's bootleg <laughs> says, on a very real note, why do each of you do jiu-jitsu as a passion living? Can you elaborate on why you find jiu-jitsu to be so captivating in this way? Wow, what a great and wholesome question. That's a good one, yeah. Thanks for that, Bernie's bootleg. Can you read it one more time? Yes. <clears throat> Let me put on my out loud reading I, I voice. I know exactly what the question is. On a very real note, why do each of you do jiu-jitsu as a passion slash living? Can you elaborate on why you find jiu-jitsu to be so captivating in this way? in the way that it is, we find it, find passion in it and also are captivated by it. Cause you can be captivated by something, but then not really be passionate. Like a, like a horrible, uh, natural disaster is captivating, but I'm not passionate about those. I'll take this all the way back to high school. Okay. I you go to, first. I'll I was, go second. I was, a, I'm just I was a runner. I was a cross country track runner when I was a freshman and my coach, I put in my interest wrestling, but, and then I didn't want to do it. I was like, I had this track team. I really had a lot of friends there and I didn't want to do anything else. And my coach was like, hey, but you put wrestling down. Like it's the winter. You should go try track or wrestling. And I was like, no, I don't want to. And he's like, just go try it for a week. And I was like, fine, I'll go try it and I'll come back. I did one wrestling class and I was like, fuck track. <laughs> I was like, I love this. This is great. And I got fucked up. Mm. I was a freshman with no experience and I was the exact same size as the varsity captain. So he needed a training partner his size. So he would just fucked me up all day. And uh, 
I loved it. It was just so much fun. And I, I was hooked. I never went back to cross country. never there, went back to track. There's something about that instantaneous, like visceral challenge of like getting yeah. beat up physically in a grappling match. That's like, wow, I can get better at this. I know right. I can do better than this. Right. Like I believe in my physicality enough to like, I can do this. And then you start, go, you go down the rabbit hole. Yeah. And then I, I was just hooked instantly, man. I was hooked. Per, like I have a di- slightly different uh, Genesis story, I guess. Um, and then we can continue on from your high school. I mean, it's just, it just, it is what it is. Like after wrestling, I just like, after I, I didn't know, but you like went to school and then you re you reignited your passion and qu- like quit your jobs and because after high school wrestling ends and like if I went to a college that didn't have a wrestling team, uh-huh. so I had no choice. I couldn't walk on. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And I just, uh, and then some, one of my wrestling buddies took me to jujitsu. And, and then again, like just like the first day of wrestling when I was hooked, I did one jujitsu class and I was fucking hooked. And how much were you training back then? When I first started and at jujitsu, yeah, every day, every day, I was and, hooked. Then, and then at what point did you kind of stop when you went to um, Turkmenistan? Yeah, I went to Peace Corps, yeah. And you, well, there was like well, three the team, years. The kind of team off. fell apart, so the team di- dissolved. Like the coach left, he went to Texas. I actually just saw him last week. Yes, we do read the live chat, but I just read the interesting questions, not just every random thing aloud. Yeah, the the team just fell apart, man. The coach left, and then like one of the other guys left, and. And then we just didn't really have anyone. So, and then at the same time, I graduated college and joined the Peace Corps. So, and so you were in the Peace Corps for how long? Two years. And so you didn't train at all during that time. No, you didn't assemble like a ragtag team of Turkmen's to actually practice so the, with. That's no, what actually, I the really interesting part about this is that the village I lived in—I lived in a fucking village, like the, a literal definition of a village, like mud brick houses and, and like dropping buckets down into a well to get water. And um, but this village had a history of Turkmen wrestling. Mm. And they would actually organize a tournament in the dirt. They just made a big square and it, they call it Turkmen Sambo. And you wear the gi top with the oh, belt. Sick. And then you have to stand chest to chest. One person wraps the arm around the back, slides the hand under the belt, and then wraps their wrist around and grabs the belt. And then the guy does it to Seems you too. Seems like a start, a pretty strong grip. Yeah, but he does, it, he does it to you too. So you guys do it to each other, right, okay. right hands only. Okay. And you're like under the belt, wrap it and grab the belt. And then they say, go. And the first one to pick the other up and drop them wins. And they do it on the dirt. And it's just takedown? Yeah, it's just takedown. Off take that downs. one grip? Yeah. So it's basically who can get their hips down. That's and, incredibly limiting. And then they were pressuring me to do it because they knew I was a wrestler. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. Like I'm eight hours from a hospital. Like if I get, if I get dropped on my shoulder and break my collarbone. Yeah. And these Turkmen are huge, man. They're big. They're big people. You're wobbling something. I hear like squeaking. It's the wall good in a little so anyways um but i I was very tempted to do it because if you won you got a chicken and Uh, a whole chicken you get a a live a live chicken and there was a there was like the open class they did the open class Uh also and you win a goat dude bro they would walk out you'd win and they'd walk out and hand you a live goat in your fucking arms i wish that nagas did that it was big boom i got a goat and my the family that's a way better (laughs) prize than these well, the thing is cheap trophies and meat is hard to come by in the village. You have to basically kill an animal to get right. meat. And I was like, I was super like undernourished. That's a prize chicken or a prize goat. Like, yeah, that is like and my fa- the family I lived with was like, Josh, go wrestle, like go do it. And I was like, right. I, I don't know how to do that wrestling. I, I know need to, that goat. <laughs> I know how to grab the legs, you know, and they're yeah. like, they're like, that's fine. You can grab the legs. And I was like, what? So tell us you won. No, I didn't do it. Fuck oh, no, bro. I was on. eight hours from a hospital. Do you know what that feels like? If you're in the middle of nowhere, that's scary. If you get hurt, you are fucked. Yeah, I guess. You're fucked. I mean, what could, what's the worst could, that could happen? You tweak your neck, you break your break arm. Break your collarbone. I mean, so what? It's going to heal. 
Oh my god! I mean, you're not gonna die, right? You, you might. I don't know. What if I don't? I mean, you what, might. What you, if, the same thing could happen just walking on the street. What, I was like a blue belt, so I was still ha- okay. I was still p- partially an idiot. And okay. so, if you, if I, what if I posted my hand and like I had a compound fracture and I started bleeding everywhere? <laughs> you just have to end it, bro. You got to use your own splintered it. bone. You know what did happen it. to me? I'm, I still want to hear your Genesis story, but okay. what else happened to me in Turkmenistan? I had kidney stones. Oh, I hear those are the most painful. The worst experience of my life, and I'll tell that story another time. But I want to hear your Genesis story. Go. Um, mine's kind of long and drawn out, but I actually resisted jujitsu for a long time. So like. I was so exposed to it that I actually didn't like it as a kid. So I started training jujitsu at four years old and my older sister would beat me up all the time and she wouldn't even use jujitsu. She was just a bully. She would scissor, sisters. she would scissor lock. She was, yeah, she's two years old. Uh, yeah. Alenian. Oh, I thought you just had one. Yeah. My older sister, Chloe. Um, anyways, so Chloe would beat me up all the time. She was better at Taekwondo than me. She would out wrestle me. She would, hold me down and she'd squeeze me with her legs with this terrible scissor lock. How much, how much older is she? Two years older. Okay. I've told this story before I feel on the podcast. So you were five and she was seven. She was fucking you up. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, obviously this actually continued into my early teens. She would still continue to beat me throughout my entire life. You were 14. Yeah. She just had two years on me and I just wasn't a a teenage boy yet. So she had like, she developed faster, was stronger. She had long, strong legs and she would just, figure four her legs she wouldn't even figure four actually she'd just scissor lock me and just squeeze me until i would cry laura croft style and i couldn't she wouldn't respect the tap she was the worst Fucking and, siblings. and so <laughs> and so whenever we we would uh train at the gym it was like i would ro- i would roll with like the little kids you know we'd do our taekwondo and then do a little bit of jujitsu that my stepdad would teach us and he had very basic knowledge just like mount arm bar neck crank like that's all we were doing you know it wasn't anything like jujitsu today um I mean, that's but then my, that's my jujitsu. So get this. So like whenever me and my sister would hit each other, we would get demoted in our belts in Taekwondo. So like if I hit my sister at the house or she kicked me or something, we'd get demoted because you're not allowed to like use your martial arts for like, you know, yeah. improper violence or whatever. Right, right. So we get demoted all the time. And like we were getting demoted so much. We were like, why are we even doing this? Like we're back to white belt like every <laughs> other week. Like what are we doing? And so me and her agreed. We had a truce where like we wouldn't kick each other. But then she started jujitsuing me with her stupid scissor lock and she would make me cry and I couldn't scream for help. She would actually squeeze me until I'd cry. And every time I try and yell for my mom, she would go <laughs> and it'd make it worse. And I, <laughs> so I couldn't ever yell. And so I was tortured like this for, <laughs> for years and I had to like avoid her. Like I could, like if, if it got to a, like an escalated situation, I could not defend myself against my sister. So I had to like be nice to her because <laughs> she had this like huge physical power over me with like some pretty solid jujitsu. And, and my sister, she doesn't like care about jujitsu, but like imagine me in like a girl, like a strong, tall, she kind of looks like you too. She, she looks like me. She, we have the same, very similar body type, but she's much more feminine, obviously. But she's like, she's the equivalent of me for girls. She's like a big girl. She's yeah. tall. She's strong. And she will fuck up dudes. <laughs> like w- she got back in, into jujitsu for like a day. I told her to come back in our, when I was like 17 at BJ Penns. She came in for one class. She hasn't touched the mat in like 10 years. She was just triangle choking blue belt men. Like no problem. <laughs> just like wrecking them. And it actually was a, pro- like, uh, I, I can't tell this other part of the story, but basically she could beat up all of her boyfriends really easily. And it was like a point of contention in some of her, like, cause she, she was like, like none of these guys can even like defend themselves. I against always me. wonder about, this. yeah, she is like, she, she like had to like 
act like more feminine yeah, than right. what she could actually do to her boyfriend. Right. So she, they didn't feel bad because it was like an issue apparently in some of the relationships. I always wonder what it's like. I to hope be- she doesn't get mad at me for divulging that. But I think it's cool because it's like she was like a really good example of a girl who had very minimal jujitsu knowledge but could easily just beat up dudes because she's been doing it her whole life. Yeah. So she's a perfect example of like why you should get your kids into it young. Cause even like a girl who doesn't even care about jujitsu. Yeah. She took it with her her whole life to the point she could just beat up random dudes. No problem. But anyways, the final turning point was when, uh, I finally like started going through puberty and I had a little bit more strength. So like last year, last year, dude. Yeah. This was three months ago. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like I finally knew that I think I could take her and I had been uh what about to you I had quit jujitsu like we had both quit jujitsu and martial arts for a long time and I started my dad uh when we moved to California sorry for like hogging the whole story but like we moved to California and he he opened up a dojo in our garage and he would invite different people and we had like a purple belt dude and then some white belts who wanted to like practice they're just my dad's friends they'd always try and get me to come out and grapple them Cause I was getting a little bigger and like, I was a good body to train with, you know, but I hated it and I never, I didn't want to do it. And every time, every time that there was like an odd man out and I was the odd man out, I'd run inside and play video games and like try and not go out there. And so my dad developed this system to force me to grapple him by having a rubber band on him at all times. And he'd just like yoke me up around the house and like threaten me with the rubber band over my face. So the rubber band would be over my face because I would just go limp. I'd be like, I don't want to fight. I don't want to do jujitsu. And then when the rubber band came out, it's like, oh shit, I'm going to get snapped in the face if I don't fight. So I had to like start fighting. And that's like how I started using my jujitsu again. And then eventually like I finally had two like righteous retribution moments against my dad and my sister and like with my dad i like scrambled to his back really fast and i just rear naked choked him and i had a little bit of like ropey sinewy strength you know as a 14 year old and uh i choked him and i was like what is this power (laughs) like this newfound power i've been getting beat up my whole life by my family members (laughs) i was the weakest of them all and now i have something so like i think in the same week i like challenged my sister and she just sort of was like just thought it was going to be the same yeah, old yeah. thing where she was just going to fuck me up She's again. Like, right, little and I was like, oh, no, we're doing this now. <laughs> this ends now. And I just tackled the shit out of her and I didn't do any jujitsu. I just grabbed her by the head and just started twisting her neck. <laughs> <laughs> you basically tried to kill her. I tried to, yeah, basically. And I, she, until she tapped, like I just grabbed her by the head and twisted her neck until she tapped and she never fucked with me again. That was it? Yep, that was it. She never <laughs> she never messed with me again. That was over. She just like totally started being nice to me and <laughs> the roles reversed. And so that yeah. was it. And that was it. And then yeah, and then I started training then basically full time and dropped out of high school shortly after and followed it. So as your long, passion far as I for, could. Your passion for jujitsu came from you kicking your sister's ass. From my sister kicking my ass yeah, yeah. and my dad and it, forcing me to grapple him by threat of rubber band snap until I was forced to fight back and then I found myself through that that um don't don't you arbitration think, is that the right word through that that struggle don't you think you owe them a thank uh, a thank you oh of course i love my family no, i thank them for changing your life oh absolutely well i've been like i was around it forever and like it was just the natural look progression at the, look at this, i just hate look at this it wonderful life that you have now thank them i know it's great but it's yeah i I'm mean waiting i'm waiting for you thank you think. thank you sister and thank you <laughs> father for what you have done for me <laughs> You have truly elevated my, <laughs> my life well, through your torture. I think we efficiently answered his question. Yeah. But I want to know, so, but at what point did you like get back into oh, okay. jiu-jitsu as an adult man? Okay. So when I was in Turkmenistan, I was a blue belt and I hated the fact that I couldn't train and I would actually just think about jiu-jitsu all the fucking time. Uh-huh. And I had some friends that 
uh, quote unquote friends. I got a story about those fuckers too. Um, and I'm going to try and drop that right now. Okay. But I was, uh, I had some buddies that I lived with before I left. And then when I was away, they opened an academy and then, you know, I was writing letters, like literally writing letters and mailing them snail mail. Mm-hmm. And they were like, Oh, we got this. Academy. What year is this? 2006, seven, eight. So there was no internet in Turkmenistan. There, was, there was three internet cafes, like one in every major city. Oh, okay. And so, but were they was, packed or did people not even care about the internet really? It was very difficult to get in because you had to put your name on a waiting list. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, you had, and then you had a 30 minute limit and it was all dial up. Oh man. Yeah. It was rough, man. It was rough. I'm reliving that right now. And my, the, at my gym, there's like no internet service for some reason. I have like five megabytes down Sucks. Not, and like less up. I have to get some super expensive internet to be able to have something substantial. So check this out. Okay. okay tell me. Uh, so they write, they, they've been writing me like, Josh, just come back. I come be a part of our gym, you know, like train with us and, and whatever. So, so when I got out of the Peace Corps, that's the first thing I did. I went back, I started training again and I just like went all in. I didn't, I didn't want to get a job. I just wanted to train. And, um, how old are you at this point? This is 2009. No, so, no, no six, seven, eight. I came back. So 29. I came back, tw- uh, 37, like, fuck, math is hard. Yeah, no, I was 26. Um, so anyways, these guys are running this gym, and it's actually a really nice gym, but I had no idea how they financed it, and apparently they did something super fucking shady, and they were taking, they were, their mom was taking out student loans. And Those ha- are the worst loans to take out and for ha- something and like And having this. and tricking people into, like students, tricking students, like, that, like friends of her sons, uh-huh. into signing off on these loans. And she was promising to pay them back like with interest, right? She's like, oh, it's like $15,000, but I'll pay you back 18 in six months. And so that's like a pyramid scheme kind of. Yeah. She was probably paying them back with the future loans. She'd pay the people yes, back. Exactly. And it just continues to exactly. keep she, the ball rolling. Exactly. You know? That's how pyramid schemes. So work. her name was Carla Brennan. Okay. Carla. Carla Brennan. And she had two sons, Zach and Jake Brennan. Are you allowed to say their names? I'm right? saying their fucking names. Cause cause I don't give a fuck. Okay. And I was, I I was, I was with their older brother, Chris Brennan in Texas. And Chris and I were talking about this and I decided that I'm going to out these fucking guys because they own academies. Uh One owes an academy in Texas in Waco. Mm -hmm. The other one is in Redondo beach, I think in California, Zach. Okay. Zach asked me for a temporary loan Oh no! to help him get, pay the, his bills for whatever until he got the bank loan, which was coming next month. Right. So they learned this from their mom. I think so. Or she was, she was using them as their little puppets. Okay. Anyways. How bizarre. This guy was, he was like one of my best friends. Like I've known this guy for years. I trained with him for years. Like I knew this guy, he was like my brother. Like I considered them family. So I give him $15,000 loan. Wow. And, and hoping, and he called it a bridge loan, right? He's like a temporary loan so until I get my bigger bank loan, I'll pay you back and whatever. Nope. Took that money and ran disappeared bro dude it's risky to loan people even your friends money like you have to accept that you're just not going to get it back bro they did this to a dozen people wow they owe hundreds of thousands of dollars to people and they i just found out when i was in texas talking to chris because they fucked it they fucked their own brother they fucked him too wow so anyways it turns out carla the mom got convicted oh nice yeah she went to prison um but it was in texas they They probably just lived their whole lives doing this scam no, yeah, they were just total, total con artists. And they're, Zach, Zach is running a gym in Redondo Beach, so I feel really bad for anyone that has to deal with that or whoever's whoever's fronting him that money. Beware. Wow. 
That's pretty intense. Okay, so now tell me, it's because you keep getting sidetracked. I know, sorry. At what point did you leave your city or wherever you're from and join Autos and become a jiu-jitsu superstar? When I was, I was in graduate school in Indiana. Studying? Finance. Finance and Central Eurasian languages. Okay. And. Um, so why? Why'd you give it all up for a- this? Andre convinced me to. Because he saw you were good. He came out for a seminar and I trained with him at the seminar and he asked me to come to San Diego. And then I said, no. <laughs> I said, I got to finish school, man. And I had one more year of school. So then he came back six months later again. And he's like, Josh, I need you to come to San Diego and train. And this one's that he was getting ready to fight Braulio for the yeah. super fight. And he's like, you probably had a good guillotine. He's like, I need help. Um, and then I was like, nah, man, I got six more months. I got to wait. And then I graduated. You I, waited. I waited. I graduated, packed up my car, and drove to San Diego. Wow, so you probably didn't expect much. My plan was to train for six months full time and then get a job and be normal. And then after six months, I was having too much fun. I was like, I'll, I'll do it for a year. I was like, Six more months. Mm-hmm. And then six more months went by and it was a year. And then I had, I had gotten to a point where I could pay my bills. You know, I was making enough money to pay my bills and survive. So I was like, well, well, I'm not losing money. Right. So I'm just going to keep doing this for a little while, see what happens. And then, yeah. Here we are. Here we are. You started a podcast and now you, you're a. But I couldn't have done it without your couch. Your life coach. Without what? Without your couch. Remember you let me sleep on the couch? And you don't ever forget that, Josh. I won't ever forget it. I thought, I, and and you know, yeah, I'm grateful. You know, like you gave me that, gave me a. <clears throat> it was nice to have a couch that I could come to at any time. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I would, of course, I would try to stay with other places and stay with my family or stay with my friends elsewhere. But surely, I expected something of you in return, like some sort of like equate equalizing deal, right? Yeah, I'm letting you on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You can stay on my couch, but if you ever start any <laughs> podcast in the future, I need I want, to be involved. I want to be the assistant. And we'll call it even. The assistant maybe co Yeah, I definitely said that. So um, there's the spider event coming out soon. This is like the biggest tournament of... Do you, Are they really paying $100,000? Is there like... Dude, is there this an, is like... Is there a, an asterisk? This asterisk? is a serious asterisk? company. How do you say, spider... Say that word. Asterisk. 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 Say the plural of that word. Asterisks. 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 I hate that. Wasps. That's, that's, that's a tough word. Anyways. I should do word challenge with the Brazilians. Spider, the Spider Invitational. Spider is a huge ski brand. Like for decades, if you were on the slopes with Spider in Europe or the US or even Korea, you were the man. You were like. It's like being a gym person with Gymshark. Exactly. It's like you're the you're the girl in the gym and you've got the matching Gymshark gear yeah. and you've got the nice matchy nikes on the nikes and you got that. your ear pods it's air like, pods it's, it's like uh, uh oh <clears throat> it's like it's like north face if you're uh right it's more it's better it's above north face okay. it's like three um octaves above north face on the like this octaves yeah like as far as like being visually loud okay right okay. that's a good example yeah sure um so yeah they're legit and so they have they have different branches in different countries and it just so happens that the CEO or whoever is like the operating manager of the Korea branch of Spider is a huge jiu-jitsu fan. I rolled with him. He's a super nice guy. He's pretty technical too. He's an uh, older gentleman and he's plays a nasty little lasso guard and he gets in there and he really um I think he liked uh he liked the guys who played games like him, like so the Meow Brothers, yeah. me, Jamil, um 
and he wanted to like get more involved in it, but then realized that it's kind of like a nightmare to sponsor people. Maybe, yeah. maybe just me. <laughs> it's just a nightmare to sponsor me. Um, so I'm not with them anymore, unfortunately, but I had a great time when I was sponsored by them and they were really cool people and they always took care of me, but I just couldn't make it out to Korea all the time. They needed me to come out to Korea a lot and it just wasn't working out anyways. He loves jujitsu and he's doing a ton for it. And he's find, found a way, which many other companies have failed at, to use jujitsu to promote Spider, the brand. And that's great for them. And so they're, they're a legitimate company, they're probably the biggest company that's involved itself in jujitsu ever. Pay, they're paying $100,000. Paying hundred grand. Yeah. And that's, I think it's awesome. And they got the lineup to back up that price. Yeah, for sure. Like they got the lineup, they got the guys to do it. I would, they invited me. Um, I just didn't think I could properly prepare for it to like really fight all those guys. So I didn't do it. Um, yeah, they totally invited me too. No, I'm just kidding. They didn't. Um, I sorry. It didn't mean to sound like I was like tooting my own horn. That's no, all good. But you I deserve mean, the invitation. Thanks. I mean, I beat, I beat their guy uh, 19 and one. I'm trying to look for the bracket right I'm now. I'm going to live off that. Like, like, uh, the Hoyler Eddie match. Yeah. I beat Mary <laughs> that one time back in 19. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I beat him with this one weird lapel grip. Learn it here. <laughs> 30 years from I'm now. Trying to, I'm trying to find the bracket real quick. Learn the one weird lapel grip I used to beat Marigali back in 19. I know Kynan's fighting uh, low first. Oh, sorry. Should I say matching? I don't want to upset anyone. Get 100,000 fucking Hey, dudes. Connor. How about you come say it to my face at Open Mat on Sunday? Dude, I told... I was going to invite... Tell Connor I was going to invite him. And then I changed my mind. Josh said he was going to invite you, but he changed his mind. He was too sweaty. I'm about to unmod you, bro. You better apologize right now or you're getting unmodded. See that little wrench next to your name? Is he talking shit? Say bye-bye to that little wrench. Actually, Connor showed me a really cool uh, guard pass. Today. Is, the, is the quality really bad right now? I think it is. Maybe for some people. Okay, first round. Kynan versus Lowe. Who you got? Oh, shit. I think Kynan's going to mop the floor with Lowe again. I think Lowe's on his... I think he struggles stylistically against Kynan, and then he's also kind of on his way out. I think. He's got a lot of gray hair on that beard. That comes from something, man. Okay, Adolfo versus Anderson. I'm going with Adolfo. <laughs> Anderson who? I don't know. M M yeah. Munez. Munez? Is it Moon? Munez. Munez. You just got unmodded, bro. Okay. Spriggs right. and Marigali. Marigali, easy. Oh, her. Eric Muniz. Eric Muniz is the guy, the kid from Brazil. He's super long and lanky. He looks like me when I was Eric? 19. It's, it's Anderson. Oh, is it Muniz though? So there's like three of them. M-U-N-I-S. There's three brothers. Oh, okay. And one of them is super good at worm guard. Like well, super good. Like best I've good, ever seen. If, at one, lapel if guard. one brother's good at jujitsu, all the brothers are good at jujitsu. It's how it goes, dude. Because they've been fighting each other. They've yeah. been trained with each other. Calasans versus Herberth. That's a weird match. Calasans is, is my size. That is a weird match. I think Kyle Sons wins. Dude, he can do it. He's a good strategist. Yeah. He'll he'll Herberth, he'll fifty fifty Herberth and wrist lock him from fifty fifty. Yeah, okay. Kyle Sons always game. Second round. Kynan versus Adolfo. So ooh, this is an interesting matchup, man, because Kynan just seems unstoppable. Adolfo's been out of the game for a little while. Adolfo's been out of the game. He's fought Ali. He fought Muhammad Ali and looked good. But he didn't look as dominant as he used to. Like Hadolfo in his heyday, no one stood a chance, bro. Like he would judo throw you with a say not with a drop sail, pass your guard like eight times just for fun, and then tap you. And then he just couldn't do any of that to Bushesha for some reason. And then Bushesha would beat everyone by four points. <laughs> like, 
Okay. That's an interesting trifecta. So, I forgot. Did you take uh, Calasans over Herbert? Everyone's talking about how your your man's spreading and they're just attracted to their eyes are all just lingering. <laughs> so if you could just um, <laughs> take you know more, what it's uh, like no matter could you what be the, more ladylike no matter what the fuck I do people say, oh he's wearing the same shirt again yeah I fucking love this shirt it's called a sponsorship um I'm obligated to wear this shirt sometimes really sometimes well I thought we established that I'm not obligated okay you're doing it because I do it. You you literally aren't obligated to wear it. On I'm not. Ob- I'm not obligated. You do it because you're nice and you yes. like them. Yes. Right. Um, so do you say Calisans versus who? Herbert. Yeah, but we moved on. I thought. Okay, so now Marigali versus Calisans. Marigali. I think we see. I think we finally see the Kind and Marigali matchup again. That's. I think those are the two favorites for sure. So you think Kind is going to take out Hodolfo? I think so, man. I believe in Kind. What are the rules? Is it IBJJF rules? Yeah, I think so. Kynan is like, dude, I, mi- I miss training with Kynan because like we had really good battles and he was a lot of fun to train with. Um, okay, so the final, who you got? But it's like, I feel like Marigali is a bad matchup for Kynan. I think because Kynan is too relaxed, dude. What if he's Kynan, like the most relaxed, yeah, strong human I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah he's super and, relaxed. And he gives up way too much position because he can't. Like, if Kynan was super strict with himself about not giving up bad positions and grips, I think Marigali wouldn't stand a chance. I think it's literally would just be a mental switch that Kynan could make of just being like, I'm not going to let someone get underneath my legs to single leg X or those positions that he's so comfortable in because you give that position to someone who can execute a sweep and a back take from those positions. And it's like, you're giving them a huge advantage. What if Kynan pulls? Same thing, man. Kynan is like, he, if Kynan continued his lapel guard journey, but he kind of stopped at black belt, he kind of gave up on lapel guard. But at brown belt, he was wrecking people with lapel guard. He was hitting reverse Della Worm stuff. And, I mean, Marigali doesn't do so good but against lapel guard. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I think that would be the I think that would be the kicker, man. Lapel guard for Kynan from bottom is his best bet, but Marigali's passing is dynamic and it's fast and it doesn't give you a chance to react to it you have to preemptively defend it if okay. you try and reactively defend it he'll pass you and take your back so do you think marigali's passing is better than his guard or is his guard better than his passing like if you had to strategize his before, passing is definitely better than his guard if i fought marigali again i would do judo with him hit just a nice ashy barai <laughs> Dude, you're making Luca Judah super horny right now. I hit him with a nice ashy barai straight to, and then when he defended, I go right into just a good uchimata, put him down, and then I start working my passing game. So you think kind of just stay on top? Yeah, definitely. Uh, there's there's like three there's three different types of jujitsu player, right? There's the guy who has good takedowns and good passing, but his guard is questionable. That's you. That's me. There's the guy who has guard and passing, but his takedowns are questionable. <laughs> That's <you>. me. <laughs> and then there's the guy who is, uh, there, wait, there's a third one, but I can't think of what it is. Just the guy who just could Take, play, only takedowns, play guard. Takedowns and guard? <laughs> no, <laughs> that doesn't exist. No. So I guess there's two kinds all of three. people. No, the guy who's good at okay, all three. Okay, there's a guy who's like okay at all three, but they're never a master of all three. Jack of all trades. Yeah, it's the jack of all trades guy. And so Marigali is the guard and the passing guy. Okay. So his guard and passing is takedown suffer. Kynan is the the jack of all trades guy. Yeah. He's good from everywhere. Yeah. And then Hadolfo is like, I would say he's like the takedown takedown passer passing. kind of guy. Yeah. So against a guy who doesn't have takedowns, your literally best bet is to 
play to your strengths, which is try and go for a takedown yeah. and then let them pull. If they don't want to take two takedowns, try to you. steal the two at least. Try and steal the two and just like play that advantage right off the bat. They're on their toes, they're on their heels per se. They're on their heels immediately because they know, okay, I'm not that good from standing. This guy might take me down if I'm not careful. If I don't pull guard carefully, he might steal the two. They're hesitant. And you're just like, I don't give a fuck because I'm good on the feet. Like you pull guard, I'm good on top. So, like, that's the strategy against Marigali. And Marigali, his main attack is that deep Delaheva. On your right leg, he does the same one every time. If you don't let him do that, he just tries to like kind of awkwardly get up and loop choke you. And it's yeah. like kind of those those are the two things he does. Um, and if you defend those two things, like I defended them pretty pretty well. I think Kynan could defend them even better because he's so much stronger than me, and he has like way better base and posture. His well, feet are posture. huge, bro. Who uh, Kynan? His feet are huge. That's why his base is so good. His man, he's just a huge man. It's like just he a, has skis for feet. Um, but I, but I, but I think where Kynan falls behind is he's just not quite. He's not super fast. He's not super fast on his reactions. And if you if you're faster than him in a position, you can get something and secure it in the gi. In no gi, I don't think he can get punished as much for that. But in the gi, if you quickly move because he's so lax with his grips and doesn't really try and set things up as as much as he could. Um, you can get an edge, and if you get that edge and you're ahead, and then, I mean, historically, he doesn't have very good defense from the back. Like, he doesn't escape back attacks um, historically against Marigali in particular. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, that's cool my story. breakdown. All right, so you got Kynan. I think I I want to, I want Kynan to win, but I think he's going to have a really hard time against Marigali. I want Kynan to win also. Yeah. obviously of course um he's the man okay so he's a super nice guy have you ever heard him say like a mean thing about anyone mm, no i haven't he only says mean things about me actually he calls me old bulldog what's wrong that's that's not mean i know that's as mean as it gets an it's old like, bulldog he calls me old bulldog i mean that's just an accurate statement okay um yeah i'm not mad about it so let's go to the little guys first round Jonathan Alves and Jamil. Jamil. Jonathan's on a roll right now. What did he do? He just beat Paolo. Where? I don't remember. Like recently? I saw it. I saw it on the internet. So Dude, you have some crazy vascularity in your bicep. It's been bothering me the whole podcast. I think it's just the check, lighting. Check they can't. No, no it doesn't fuck show you. That. It's not the lighting. No, so no. That's the real deal. Look at that. No, no. It wasn't your bicep. It was the actual veins were like your striations. Your stri- What's that called? Striations? That's not, that's not what that is. What is it? I know what you're talking about. I have those in my hamstrings. Okay. Um, you're just like, this is called, this is called, bro. this is called eating too many, um, sour patch kids right before I came over here. Inflammation. No sugar. Sugar makes your veins expand. Oh really? Yeah. You know, Dang, bo- look you- at that freaking elbow vein, dude. Put, put your arm back. How it was. You should give blood. I do. Really? Yeah. Look at that vein, dude. It's like the size of a cop piece of copper tubing. That. You guys can't see that. That's dangerous, bro. Ow. That thing's about to explode. I just cramped. <laughs> you got to go like do some bloodletting. Let that blood out, dude. Yeah. It's about to I've burst. Had a, I've had a super shitty diet the past few weeks. I've been eating a yeah, lot. Yeah, your legs are breaking out too. Yeah. I see a little hives going no, on. No, that's from shaving. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I shave my legs. Go ahead. You make, know why? Because, all your okay, fucking jokes. It's like a totally functional thing though. Like it's so hard to leg lock you because yeah, of that. I like, slip out of that shit. 
you got those glass ankles, but like they're, they're not they're glass. So, they're so slippery. They're, they're ceramic. They're ceramic. <laughs> <laughs> they're so hard to hang on to that it doesn't matter. Like uh, they're not so fragile, but they can be broken. No, I just, I, I mean like straight ankle locks. You, you don't try and fight out a straight ankle lock as much as me per se. Cause I've like my, my shit's broken before. You're still trying to preserve that, that fresh ankle ankleology fun fact if you guys want to be vascular if you want to look vascular for a picture just eat, eat a, a bunch, bunch of candy of, eat a bunch of candy right before you do it that's what bodybuilders do right before they go on stage they eat ice cream like like rocky, really? rocky road ice cream. i thought they just dehydrate themselves they with are. a shitload yeah of they're dehydrated and take like yes and then they eat the sugar and it makes all the veins like they take some crazy drug like a weight cut drug i saw the name somewhere so jamil or jonathan i'm going jonathan man jonathan's He's Jonathan's tough, tough man. He's tough. I f- yeah, I think Jonathan remember, takes it. Remember that? Remember that time he fought Kennedy and he like went to sleep for a second, and then Kennedy Kennedy kind of relaxed, and then Jonathan woke up and passed his guard. No, like he was like in a triangle and he was trying to stack past Kennedy, and he went limp for a second. That's insane. And man. then Kennedy loosened up, and then Jonathan his eyes popped back open, and then he finished the pass. You never saw that. I think I did. There was like a highlight about it. And then there was a like, big debate. Was he faking it or was he really? Yeah, out? I think that I think he was faking it. He told Galval that he wasn't faking. Really? One on one. He told Galval. He's like, no, I was. He's like, I really went out. For a and second. he made it super good. It looked it looked like the perfect fake, though. Yeah. It looked like he was like, like if he faked that, that was really impressive. <laughs> yeah. And the Kennedy was just like, oh, what the fuck? OK, Edwin and uh, Mateus. Mateus Gab- Lutes. No, Gabriel. Oh, the one that won pants and worlds. Edwin. Edwin's my boy, dude. Edwin's super dynamic. And he's like, I he, like Edwin. He like gained some serious dad strength since he opened his gym. I'll say this. I feel it too, dude. I'm gaining that dad strength just from opening a gym. I'll say this. Cause I, I have that I baby want, now. Okay. <laughs> that I gym want baby. I want Edwin to win, but I think, uh, Mateus will win. No way, dude. I haven't seen anyone. No one, I sur- seen no one survives Edwin's flying triangle. You gotta be kidding me. Did you He's gonna s- throw that you, thing up? He's gonna. Did you see his match with Jaime at Fight to Win? There's only listen. There's only two Americans that have ever beat Nicholas Mergali. Me and Edwin Najme. When did Edwin beat him? Edwin flying triangled him in the finals of Absolute Worlds. When? Nicholas Mergali was about to usurp me as the next double Grand Slam Purple Belt champion. He was on this final match of his flawless run through Purple Belt. Edwin Najme was a lightweight. Triangles his way to the finals of Purple Belt Worlds 2014, I think it was. Maybe I could be wrong on the date. He goes out there, Nicholas Mergali and Edwin square off. And I'm just like, there's no way, like Mergali's on a tear. He's tapping everyone. He's like, no way Edwin stands a chance against this guy. Literally 15 seconds, the second they tie up, the first grip Edwin makes, he just does a cross grip right on the collar. Yeah, it goes for it. Launches that flying triangle so fast, bro. It's like he's spring loaded. He doesn't leap his whole body. His head stays perfectly in the air. Like, you know how like a chicken head will stay in the air if you move the chicken's body? Like, it'll just stay there. Like, that weird, like internal gyroscopic effect. That was Edwin's head as his legs just went from underneath him to directly over the top of him. Locked it at the ankles. Like, his toes were the only thing crossed around Marigali's head i was like holy shit he's got the flying triangle but it's like he's not going to finish it he doesn't have his only his toes are locked around that he's got like the diamond but he doesn't have the full lock yet and i'm like there's no way but he cuts the angle in midair and i just see his toe just like slide into place somehow it like defied physics the way it slid into place locked and then he choked him out he choked Marigali out and like 20 seconds or less you should be a commentator it was the most hype thing i've ever seen in my life and ever since that day 
And ever since Edwin has been on his recent terror through the fight to win series, super series circuit that he's been on, just wrecking everyone, beating DJ Jackson. Who else did he beat? Edwin? Yeah, he beat like four tough dudes in a row. Uh, he beat Davi Hamos. Beat Davi Hamos. That was a while ago. That was like the beginning of him just like, you know what? I'm going to get back into it because he was like not about it for a while. And then he just like, he's just fucking sick. Um, okay. And people like not enough people pay attention to what he's doing. Like that should be the story that flow Grappling's covering because Edwin Najme's story is actually really dope. And they're just focused on like all the drama queens. It's true. I'm going to say it. It's flow true. Grappling's focused on the drama queens. It's true. They're not covering the true jujitsu. And if I ever have a jujitsu production media company, which guess what? I, me and Josh are going to do it. We're getting there. We're going to do it. And if flow grappling doesn't start reporting the news, <laughs> how we're going to report the news, we're coming after their asses with yeah. the true journalism, because I'm sick of this <laughs> MTV reality show bullshit. And that isn't highlighting good jujitsu and the people who work hard and actually put in the time to like make it about jujitsu and not make it about drama. So you don't like when they cover Dylan Dennis? No. <laughs> or AJ. It doesn't make any sense. It's like why like everyone feels that way too cuz it's like it's one of those things it's like watching a car accident. Like no one wants to see a car accident, but you're you can't, you, help, you but can't help but look. Yeah. Cuz like oh god, another car accident. You know what happens when they How many car accidents are there going to be on this flow grappling <laughs> site? And everyone's just like holy shit, like you guys you guys want to see some car accidents? Go head on over to Flow Grappling. It's crazy, bro. God. Check out what's going on over there. It's it's like madness. It's making jujitsu look so bad compared to other sports, dude. And I'm sick and tired of it. You're way more funny in the evenings. Just so you guys know, this is like the night, the night, uh, map <laughs> it's I'm fucking delirious <laughs> in the morning. You're just too sleepy. I'm sleepy and I haven't fully ingested my bang. The bang has just hit my stomach lining and it's got like, it's probably got like some sort of mucus membrane defending my body from the caffeine. And it's, so it's like, doesn't fully absorb. And so I went through my bang earlier. I had a cup of coffee earlier this morning that got me through the first Kickstarter of the day. And then so I also what, didn't, I know I trained at 12 today. What you guys don't realize is that this is Matt burn after dark. It's 10 PM. We've never recorded an episode at 10 PM. Yeah. We've always been morning boys, but I think we have to do it like this now because yeah. my schedule is so busy now. Okay. Uh, Gabriel Arges versus Levi. That's a tough one. That is a tough one. I think whoever gets on bottom first is going to win. <laughs> so in my travels, I traveled around around the world, Josh. I have a hard time counting out Gabriel Arges, man. He's good. So have you trained with him? You fought him. I fought him. So In the gi. Never, I, never no gi. I traveled the lands, Josh. I traveled far and wide, and I saw many things. And one of the things that I saw was Gabriel Arges' incredible dedication to pure technique. When you roll with that guy, it's like you will never encounter a situation where he is using strength he just like effortlessly manipulates his body and your body into the proper textbook perfect jiu-jitsu movement and i had a lot of fun rolling with him because it forced me to like because i i put so much time into being like getting bigger trying to get stronger so i can like bang with these heavier dudes and i feel like i lost a little bit of that and rolling with gabe gabe was like okay like this is a chess match like this is a true chess match right now and it was challenging and I rolled He's, with Levi as well. Gabriel is the current world champion for middleweight, right? Yes. Right. He beat him and Philippe uh, both won. He beat Izaki, right? In the finals? No big deal, but I kind of trained with those guys, helped him in their camp a little bit. So I was like, yeah, nothing. So who are you going nothing with? Nothing serious. So you're going with Gabriel. Okay. So let me tell you about Levi a little bit. Because here's the thing about Levi. 
I also went and trained with Levi. He does the Aussie bolo. The man he does the bolo. Is re- the man is revolutionizing what the bolo is. Bolo's on his head, right? Like a breakdancer. He, like, it should honestly be called something different. The Aussie bolo. It shouldn't be connected to the term bolo. He should have his own thing for what he does. The because Le- the Levi Rolo. Something. What's his last name? Jones. Leary. Leary. Jo- Levi Jones Leary. I think. I don't know. Maybe I could be wrong. I'm not sure his last name. But first of all, the kid is super cool. Um, most Aussies are. And most, I said most. I promise not you. All. I promise you this. And I, you can come to my gym and try and prove me wrong, and I'll give you five thousand dollars <laughs> if you can bear and bowl me. <laughs> five thousand dollars. Yeah. Anyone who can bear and bowl Keenan at his gym. Yes, but it has to be like you have to come. You got to like train. It has to be. Legit it's got to be like okay, we're gonna do it now. Are you ready to try and bear? You got to be ready for it. Right. It's not like we're training. You like do a bear and bowl and we're oh, like whatever. So they have you have to like decide the money's. On no, the they way. have to tell me they're there for that. Like okay. you can't just like sneak it up on me because like I work with my students. I work with visitors. I realize now that it's like I'm I'm putting my own life in danger by training with white belts and visitors because if I relax too much. They'll fucking stab me in the eye. Yeah, for sure. Or they'll elbow me in the head. Yeah. And it's like, what the heck just happened? It's like, yeah. I thought we were training. I didn't realize, like, I got out of MMA so that this wouldn't happen. It's and not, now it's happening again. And so I have to, like, go into the, my matches with, like, self defense in mind. And, like, I have to, like, it's so, it's, it's weird. It's not like I get to, like, be super, you know, focused on a competitive situation. But yeah, if anyone wants to take that besides Levi. So, so just, <laughs> just so we're very clear, can it, can it be a competitive black belt? I think, okay, so here's how, here's how I would say. Like, what if Hoffa shows up? Yeah, like, <laughs> Hoffa stopped rolling with me a long time ago. Okay, but what he, if? I don't think he could burn. Well, I'm just, no? I okay. honestly, I mean, okay, people are going to, oh, my God. I fucked up yeah. already. Yeah, I fucked up. Yeah, you fucked up. I fucked up by and saying I, and it. And I'm milking it. <laughs> I'm trying to dig the hole deeper for you. <laughs> I fucked up by saying it. Yeah. No, wait. Now, the Mendes brothers hate me. Now, everyone hates me for saying that. Listen, like, I'm pretty, I'm very confident against defending the Baron Bolo. I would really like to see someone come and show me how they can make it work. Um, I just obviously, want- Mikey does an amazing job. It's a specialty move. It's like you have to be an absolute expert at it. Mendes, Mendes Bros, Hoffa is incredibly good at it. Levi, Mikey, there are there are many others. Okay, yeah. but I'm very confident in my ability. Okay, and I'm actually just doing this to entice people to come train at my gym. No, so I have good training. Obviously, yeah. We, you're not, <laughs> Jokes you're on not, you. You're not tricking any of us. We know. Okay. Um, but I just want to be clear if. For example, someone Baron bowls you, all they have to do is get on top or they have to take your back? They have back. to take my back. They have to take your yeah. back. They it's got to be Baron Bolo to back take. Because like. I don't do that one. I only do the, I come up on the leg drag. That's not, a, that's that's different. It doesn't count? Yeah, I'm not going to count do that I get, one. Can I have a special Because deal? crab ride is different than Baron Bolo. That's what people don't understand. The entry Baron Bolo can get you to crab ride, sure, but it is not a path to the back. And my pure, my war on Bolo is that there's a better path to the back. That's much simpler. Do you know what that path to the back is? Yeah, worm guard. It's reversed on the worm guard. Yeah, it is. I no, I know. Well, you do the front roll. You one, see, right? you literally see more worm guard back it's, takes now than Baron Bolo. You're back talking takes. about the one where you do the front roll. You don't have to front roll. No, you can just take their back instantly. The second you get the grip, it's just like you just, you just do. You it. just disappear. <laughs> you just are on their back. That's the really back. that simple. What's that? What's that X Men that, that does that? He disappears like. <laughs> Smoke and Nightcrawler. Like, Nightcrawler, yeah. Yeah, Nightcrawler's the man. He was actually my favorite X-Men. He's a good one. X-Man. That's a, that's a cool superpower. He, But he had a torturous lifestyle. He was an orphan. He was stolen from the Shadow Realm. Like, he was like, it was tough for him. So. Like, which, 
Like I feel like his superpower really gives him a one up advantage against pretty much all the others. But he's like he's like athletic and like, I think he had like some gymnast training or something. But like other than that, he doesn't have like super strength. He's not invulnerable. He can only teleport. So it's like oh, it's, it's not, risky. Is okay. But like if he had a knife in his hand and he can just appear on your back and whoosh. right. But like say you're going against like Juggernaut, Magneto, or like what can Magneto do to you? If or you like have- Cyclops. Like all Cyclops has to do is see him. Yeah, but he can just disappear and appear on your back. and whoosh, Faster than laser eyes? Stick your knife in the neck. Okay, last Somebody match. Last best. match. Uh, Mateus Lutas and... Johnny Boy, that's not true. Reverse Del Wormbear is actually very easy to set up. Sounds like someone didn't buy the lapel encyclopedia. <laughs> but luckily for you, it's going on sale on Black Friday. <laughs> oh my God. This and sh- guess what? Shameless shout outs. Guess what? I updated it with three new chapters covering three new positions of the lapel encyclopedia. The... Listen oh to this, God. Josh. I, I see people. I see people signing out right now. It's the oh my God. single leg worm. Yeah, you can. There's a. It's a beautiful merger between modern nogi jujitsu techniques as well as the modern gi techniques. Bro, if you tra- if you ever came and trained to my gym and you saw the new shit I was working on, you would be like, "Damn, I need to learn this because my guard sucks." That's literally what you would say. Yes, uh, okay. Le- Levi Baron Bolod to the top when we rolled. But not to my back. But he he probably could. Honestly. So five thousand dollars for anyone who wants to show up to Keenan's gym. Announce that he's challenging. We the, film the, it doing the bolo challenge. We film it, and you have to sign a contract saying that I can use the video for you know promotional promotional purposes. purposes. I can be like, look, the Baron Bolo sucks. This guy sucks. Your Baron Bolo sucks. You came and you thought you could do it. You didn't do it. I'm just gonna drive it into the ground and just like totally publicly humiliate your Bolo. So just be aware of that. Okay. Last match. <laughs> now I'm trying to discourage people from doing it. Don't come. Last match. I don't know. I don't know this guy's name. Mateus Lutus and that guy. Dude, you're showing me a picture of eight different people. The Korean guy. Oh, I, assu- yeah. I assume he's Korean. Yeah. They have like qualifiers in Korea yeah, and the Korean, I mean, in Korea. The Korean guys are really tough. And gotta so have, gotta have a token Korean. They'll have a qualifier. Uh, I'm trying to see the tags, but there's no. Oh, there it is. Sorry, I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm not. I'm gonna. I'm not even gonna try to pronounce it. Anyways, who you got? Mateus Lutus or that guy? Mateus Lutus, probably. Okay, second round. The rest of the world just hasn't caught up yet. So Jonathan or you said Edwin? Jonathan or Edwin? Edwin. Semifinals. Oh, you got yeah, Edwin all the way to the finals. Hell yeah, bro! You can't sleep on Edwin. He he he's the freaking what's the what is that called? The eh, out of it's time. like a Christmas something. It's called like a Cinderella man. He's a Cinderella man of, of jujitsu. Okay, uh, and you went with Arges, right? No, it wasn't Dark Horse guys. I was saying Cinderella man. Did you go with Arges uh, over Levi? I can't decide. Okay, well let's say Arges versus Mateus Lutus. Arges, and let's say Levi versus Mateus Lutus. Levi. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's easy. Okay, so Edwin and Gabriel are just in the finals. Nope, they're best friends. Best friends. Jokes on you guys. Oh, what happens then? Fake fight split. It's a hundred thousand dollars. Fake fight split the money. Fight. You can't fake fight for a hundred thousand. Real fight split the money. That's what I would do. Yeah. Okay, and otherwise, Edwin versus Levi. That dude. We we used to do that. We used to do that at the SJJF. Like, I would just be like, no, let's not not do fake fights. How about we fucking real fight and still split the money? Because it's not about that. It's it's not about the money. It's about just like 
That's what we did, Sportsmanship. Right? That's what we did at American Nationals. That's what I always did with everyone. And people used to give me shit about it. Like, I'm trying to fight my teammates. Like, no, I'm just trying to keep it real. We and did, then we, we still did. split the money. World Jiu-Jitsu, World Series of Jiu-Jitsu, SJJF, <laughs> American Nationals, all of it. We split the zero dollars that the IBJJF gave us. Um, okay. But we went home and we saw that medal in half, didn't we, John? Yeah, we both yes. took home those halves and we keep them yeah. and they, they connect us. So Edwin versus Levi, finals. Still going with Edwin. You got Edwin, all right. Edwin through and through, dude. All right. Shout out to the kid. He's just like super... Oh, he's, like, he's like so he's unconventional dangerous. He, he's and dangerous, dangerous everywhere. Yeah, I agree. He's like so unconventional. Like if you if you ask someone like what does Edwin do, people uh, uh, flying triangle. But like no, that's not all Edwin does. No, he does a lot. Of he things. does a lot more, but no one will be able to identify it. So it's like, how do you even prepare for that? He's got a pretty sick Dars too. Yeah, exactly. But he's got a sick everything. That's what people don't realize. Yeah, and he he finished Davi from the back, right? Yes, dude. Um, okay, one I, of only two Americans to ever tap out Marigali. <laughs> sorry i'm having too fun with the too much fun with the podcast so what does second place get i don't know what if it's zero that would be horrible hundred thousand to the winner zero to second place that's life though winner takes most that is life that's what's happening with everything so that's their spider breakdown yeah awesome um anything else you want to say about spider um Okay, cool. Good talk. So you were talking about your white belt elbowing you in the face. And I thought this would be a good segue to talk about white belt etiquette because can I, can I tell some of the stories that have happened? Yeah, let me, let me get there. Um, <laughs> so not too long ago, I made a post about being a white belt for a day and I made all these really sarcastic little comments about all the things that white belts do notoriously. Okay. And the post was very well received by the public. Um, it almost broke my record for likes, my PR, my light PR. Okay. But someone got on there and made a little comment, a nasty little comment about how I, how she said, how are we supposed to know what we're supposed to do and not do? Good point. Should we all just sit here and wait for some, someone to tell some us what to do? Dickhead black belt to write a condescending post to explain what we're supposed to not do. This is a, a woman who wrote this. It was a female smart woman. Uh, she, I don't, I don't know how she identifies. I feel like men. I don't want to call that. her a woman. She might identify as a pencil or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but you don't know any, you don't know these days. She was a literal keyboard type this. <laughs> so I'm not going to call her a woman. Cause you just don't know, but it was whatever you can call her. You can say she's a biological woman. I'm not going to make assumptions. You don't know what, I mean, you don't, she know, was, what's, you don't I mean, know what she's rocking. I guess. So, yeah. Who knows? You don't know. She might've been born a man and now she's a woman. I don't know. I want to know. Anyways, so what are some comment? Let what some let's explain to the white belts. One example, okay. So like white belt. Etiquette. So here, here's the thing: like if you're a white belt, and you, you would walk think, into a gym. You would think that's a good um, counter argument, right? What she gave you, like how are we supposed to know? Okay, but here are the actual instances of real white belts doing real things. This is a new series, but <laughs> real white belts <laughs> doing real things. Okay. So first experience in my gym, I have a white belt come in. He's uh, from another gym. He had started there, but he liked like what my, you know, my spiel came over. He bought into your bullshit. It's not bullshit, bro. That shit's real. You'll see soon. Okay. Um, so I'm like, okay, we're going to talk about like the basics of like what grips are, like how to approach someone. Like, what are you even doing when you two people are about to, you know, make jujitsu combat? Like what is happening? What is the point of it all? Why are we wearing this material? What is the, everything comes down to like, you need to grab them. 
right? So I'm talking about like grabbing people with the grips on the collar. You can grab at the collar is a good one at the sleeve. You can even go like kind of on their back sometimes. The pants are important once you hit the mat, but I kept it all on the feet. It just explaining like super basic grip fighting, break the grip, get your grip, break the grip, get your grip. I'm like, okay, you guys are ready. You're doing like live sparring, only grip fighting, nothing else. No takedowns, no, like nothing else. Like, cause I want the white belts to be able to experience the fight, but without actually having to like, you know, go, go through all the movements and be confused and knee, knee each other in the face, which I knew would happen, you know? So it's like, I give them a little, this is like after these people have trained before, they're not day one white belts either. They know what's going on a little bit. Okay. <laughs> so they're like going and like one guy doesn't have a partner. So I like jump in with him. <laughs> the first thing he does the man form in your neck. The man literally punches me in the mouth. <laughs> Tech Johnson. Tech first Johnson thing he does before reaching for my collar, before getting into a fighting stance, he lunges at my collar with a closed fist and punches me in the lip. And I'm just like, okay, <laughs> let's start over. I'm, re- I'm rethinking my decision. <laughs> let's start over. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what just happened, but there's definitely a disconnect in like what I was saying and what you just did. So let's like talk a little bit about it. So then I'm like, okay, don't, I'm not going to jump in with the white belts. I'll let them tear each other to shreds on their own. I'm not going to get involved anymore. I've learned my lesson. I definitely don't need to be (laughs) sparring with them. So then Tony, my my friend Tony, he's, he's working at the gym now. He's a blue belt now. He's a blue belt. Yeah. The best white belt in the world, Tony. He got it. Yeah, he got his blue belt. Who gave it to him? <laughs> You'll never guess, bro. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to talk about it if you don't want to. Um, so Tony goes, he goes with another white belt. Was he your first blue belt promotion? I didn't promote him. <laughs> so um, Tony's going with a guy and they're white belt. So this is Nogi on a different day. Similar conversation, like how do you grip fight Nogi? Like looking for the different controls. How do this you is grip a fight Nogi. Yeah, like you know, wrist and neck, wrist, neck, collar tie, tie whatever. Okay. First thing that happens is like fifteen minutes into the round, a different white belt, just straight up. First, first thing, like we never talked even about like controlling someone's head. The guy that throws out like one of the like fakes that he's probably seen like John Jones do in the UFC or something stabs Tony in the eyes. <laughs> Open finger, like open finger, just stabs him in the eyes, and like I'm quickly realizing, like okay, they are not capable of anything. Self control, like there's no, there's no self control <laughs> here. There's no ability to understand that they could hurt someone. Like they're just like complete gyrating balls of chaos. Com- they're ready for combat. They're like they're yeah, they're there and they're ready to give it their all in whatever direction or area of your body they see fit (laughs) and it's just like they're going in they're getting their fingers in there and they're punching you in the mouth and they're doing their spinning elbows (laughs) (laughs) so next story these are all true stories this is all happening like the last three weeks thrashing and this is like i don't have a small group like there's a big group of people in there and like so it's like it's bound to happen right and luckily they've all been minor little hits and bumps and like tony's eye was fine but it like he was out he was like some like I just got stabbed in the eye. Like I, he was like on the ground, like in pain for a while, but his eye was fine. So today, this is today. And more instances have occurred, but these are just coming back to me right now today. Uh, one of the white belts and I'm not going to call him out cause it's just funny. And like, of course everyone was kind of a spazzy white belt. Like we've all, I've kicked JT in the face. Like I've cut JT's face open before, like not as a white belt. Like we can joke about it because we were those people. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we've all been there before. It's not a big deal. Like if you're, saying. if you hit someone in the face in the gym, don't freak out about it. It happens. 
and I'm illustrating that. It's just hilarious that like without jujitsu, trust me, you're a total mess. <laughs> Before you got into jujitsu, you're a total mess. Like you have no idea what's going on. Like you put yourself in, in a grappling match with another human. It's going to be absolute chaos it's a and, brawl. It's, it's a brawl. and it's not going to end well for you <laughs> realistically, but it's also probably going to result in some minor pain and inconvenience for the other person. So I like, Showing these guys this drill, this white belt's been working with me for a while. He's like actually one of the better white belts. Like he's getting the movements down, but he's drilling with a girl. And I'm like, okay, bro. Yeah. I know like you're, you guys are the only people that are similar size. I need to put you together right now because like it's just not realistic for you guys to really drill with anyone else right now. Listen, I'm like, listen, bro. I'm tell I say his name. I'm like flow smooth like no fast movements there is no strength behind any of this it is like 100 percent calm you are the embodiment of zen right now do you understand me he's like yeah i'm like okay <laughs> relax you're going to do this move i want you to do the move slowly it's like slow i'm like as over he's, as he's cracking i'm his like knuckles, over like, yeah, exaggerating like everything about it. i'm like you you got it it's like he confirms with me he's got it i look at the girl she's like okay like it's okay like i'll be fine the girl's a blue belt she she's probably dealt with a million psycho men you yeah, know attacking her in jujitsu classes <laughs> so i walk away they're fine it's like okay that situation's dealt with i go help the other students <laughs> he calls me back over and i walk over and I'm, she's I'm, bleeding no no she's fine still and they ask a good question it's like a, a valid question i answer it and he's like good and he's like okay can you just watch me do it one time i'm like sure it's like everything i told him went out the window everything he agreed to went out the window in that moment he just like reverted back to lizard brain dude and he was like <laughs> Just red light. Right? <laughs> he was just like, he just saw this red and he goes to do the move and he does the move so fast that like before the move is even entered, he just whips his head like right into her head. And like, they both just like, she's standing still. She's yeah. a still target. <laughs> he whips his head into the side of her head. And this is like to get to like a uh, Russian tie or something. Yeah. Like just like how to get someone's like arm off your neck. And he just like whips her in the side of the head and she just like takes it like a champ. And it's like, she looks at me and gives me like one of those like, what the fuck was that? Got her bell rung. Yeah. And, and he's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh my God. And she's like, what was it? Your nose? And he's like, no, it was my head. <laughs> we thought he like busted her nose on, his, on her face. And we're just, and she's just standing there like, fine, her face is just turning red slowly. <laughs> she's not even phasing. Not he's, even phasing. He's crumbling. He's like, ah. <laughs> it was just hilarious, man. White belts are hilarious. <laughs> it's like it's honestly so fun to try and teach them because it's like you really see the progress fast like when you actually teach them good technique like it yeah. actually makes a difference very quickly like within days and weeks it's like it's very fulfilling but yeah okay so it was so fun to relive those moments things things that white belt shouldn't do ever jump close guard yeah don't ever fucking jump close. okay guard. the here's the thing is like white belts don't even know what that means bro do not jump and wrap your legs around someone. It's like, imagine, so what you're really explaining is like, imagine explaining to your mom. Just don't jump on anyone ever. No, like, no jumping at all, period. You and need to explain to them, like, you have to start from the beginning. It's like 200 years ago, <laughs> there was a guy and he invented judo. And then you got to explain, like, what is, you got to start, like, early, early, give them the entire foundation. Because if you start talking about jujitsu right away, it's over their head. It's gone. You already lost them. They're like, jump, close guard, what? <laughs> <laughs> what are these? What is this terminology you're speaking about? So you got to start, or you got to start and like really make it be like, okay, 
you have physicality about you. Like if you move too quickly, it's very possible that you're going to like elbow someone. If you spin quickly, like there's going to be a lot of adrenaline in certain situations. You need to like move slowly. Like that was, that's like the biggest thing I could say. Cause like all you're worried about is hurting people. Only fast movement is going to hurt people. You're not going to slowly smack someone in the face and cause them harm. Okay. Slow. I can get on board with that. Because like you can be slow and still effective at jujitsu. Slow jujitsu. Yeah. The slower you are, like you can easily dominate someone into with jujitsu slowly. Slow crushing. And you're pressure. not going to hurt them. But you need to be able to hold someone to go slow. You right. Gotta, you gotta have control. Obviously points. speed comes into it later, but you can definitely teach jujitsu slowly. And I and that is the main issue is just like quick jerking motions where they think speed and force needs to be applied to these movements, and that is not the case. I fucking hate when someone asks to see a move and you let them do it to you and you're you're explaining it to them and they're just doing super jerky. Just jerk, 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 jerk. And you're just like, I mean, ah, it's hard. It's hard. Ah. So but then what I realized is that slow is hard. It's hard for, to move slow for some people because they're like thinking about the whole move in their head and they just want to do it. It's like patience is the issue. So now it's patience. It's not even slow. It's like you have to like start with your virtues. <laughs> you, know, you need to be patient. Patience is a virtue. Yeah. You got to be super patient and you need to like move very slowly and you won't piss anyone off if you move slowly. Okay. Right. Yeah. I think I like basically that covers most of it, but like you could lay out some more rules. I'm sure that are more specific. No, this is great advice. I, w- I was just thinking about like all the other little things, like, like make sure you slap and bump. That means go. And after your match ends, make sure you shake hands. Mm. And what about asking people to train? Like what's your rule? What's the rule at the, the Legion about asking people? You can ask anyone, but you must not get butt hurt if they say no. Okay. That's what it is. Yeah, I tell people no all the time, and I and I don't have an explanation. Here's the thing: How about you guys don't have to explain why you say no? Yeah. This is a life thing for me. Like when someone asks, if someone asks me to go to lunch, I think it's perfectly acceptable for me to say no, thank you. Absolutely. Period. Right. That's I don't, the end I, of it. I'm not going to make up an excuse. And it doesn't mean we don't like you. Yeah. No. Of course, I got some shit to do, but that shit is none of your fucking business. Yeah. And maybe maybe the truth is, I just don't want to. Maybe I just don't want to go to lunch with you. Maybe I don't think you're interesting. You know, I don't feel like you need to explain reasons for turning people down. So, our, I mean, that's a whole different issue because our whole culture is based off of like, if someone rejects you, fuck them. They want, uh, yep, yeah, everyone wants an explanation why. Yeah, they like, you know, when someone well, asks they want to know like what they did wrong, I guess. And why why do they think they did something wrong? That's an insecurity issue. Like if someone asked me to roll and I just say no, I say no, thank you. I'll be polite. No, thank you. And they always kind of tilt their head sideways like they're confused. Did we, I think we talked about this before, like visitors coming in when we were training at Autos. And it's like we're on fucking display at a petting zoo. Right. And it's like, dude, this is literally my work hours. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm here to work. Like, yeah. I'm not here to, like, entertain your your jujitsu tourism right now. And, like, you have to be respectful of, like, what people are. What are their goals? Like, maybe, like, maybe they're not interested in that right now. You know that you never know, but one thing that's super important is cutting your nails because you're going to stab someone in the eye. That's a good or one. You're going to stab them in the eye because and you're a white belt. And so your it's toenails. Like, you might as well make sure that your pointy bits are cut off so you don't yeah. actually injure someone. Yeah, yeah. Cut your toenails. toenails. Um, also, if you're an excessively hairy human, consider a rash guard. I think rash. I think everyone should wear rash guards. You hated the wearing rash guards when we had. They, yeah, when they made the rule, I, like the I'm an exceptionally hairy human. All right. I just, I just remember you complaining about the rash guard rule. Yeah, because it was like, it gets hot. It does get hot. It's hot when you're training hard. And but it's it, like, but it's also a matter of like, no one really wants, like, sure, we don't care if like, yeah. 
you get a sweaty man chest all over your face. Like we've dealt with it. But like some if people, yeah, if you're new at a lot of people are not that serious about jujitsu and don't want to have to deal with exactly. that to like go get some exercise. It's like maybe I can exercise and not have a sweaty man just slide across my face. Yeah. So I, I totally get that. And I think they should be. So I'm saying, enforced. Con- yeah, consider Is it rascal required at Legion? It's he- heavily encouraged. I mean, I'm not going to kick someone off the map, but I would tell them definitely. Okay. You, you try and pick up a rash guard, bro, because people aren't going to like that. Now, and you wouldn't like that. And I'll just be like, you know what? Let's just, ro- I'm going to take my rash guard off. Let's just roll on all the, t- you'll just, you'll see. <laughs> yeah. You'll see why maybe you want to wear a rash guard yeah. shortly after this. I'm going to mount you and smother <laughs> you with my sweaty tits. <laughs> okay. Experience is the best teacher for sure. Um, so I, I experienced this at a seminar. I saw a, an older, not older, like older than her partner, older woman. She was probably 40, right? And she was a white belt with maybe two stripes. And then she was training with a girl who was probably 13 or 14 with an orange black belt. And I don't know if you guys know, but an orange black belt in kids the kid world is basically a brown belt, right? It's just four belts in. Really? Okay. You've probably been training for six years. I'm unaware of the... At least. You've been training for six years. Yeah. And the white belt lady kept telling the girl what to do because she was a teenager. She's 13 or 14. And I was just thinking... Lady, shut the fuck up and let the girl do what she's doing because she's know what she she knows what she's doing and you don't. Right. So just because you're an adult, yeah, just understand that the kid with the orange belt probably knows way fucking more than you do. And just because you're an adult and they're a teenager, a kid or a teenager, dude, that's a huge that's an issue for purple belts, bro. That's per like purple belts will do that when so, they shouldn't be. Like it's a whole other issue. Like yeah, yeah, maybe they know more, but what you know is probably wrong. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm just saying, like, just because you're an adult, yeah, understand that the kids might know more than you. Oh, for sure. And and just and just you're a white belt. You're 40. You don't get to tell the kid how to do the move. The kid probably knows better than you. So just understand. definitely leave the instructing to the teacher. I so this is yeah. another issue I, I yeah. had because like we would talked about this and Reddit kind of flamed us because Reddit's all blue belts and purple belts. Reddit basically. just hates anything that I say. Well, they just all want to you know have that like have their opinion be valid and they like, they feel like the individuality yeah. about it all. Like they it's like I'm sorry, but it's like you just don't know anything about jujitsu. I'm sorry. <laughs> like you just don't. And you shouldn't be trying to impart your lack of knowledge onto other people with this like totally skewed version. So like when I teach a move and I see like I see a lot of people like trying to help their partner and it's like totally a genuine attempt to help them. Right. They're like, you know, oh go like this or go like this. I maybe I'm across the room and they'll like try and help with yeah. and they don't notice that I'm like right next to them. Maybe I can fix it. But like man, I see them trying to show the move it's like, I'm not a bad teacher. Like I explain moves well, like the people who get it, they get it quickly. It's like no problem, but I'll see people like totally teaching it backwards, like correcting people in the absolute wrong way. And it's like, you're much better off just like calling me over or yeah. calling someone over who is clearly in the teaching position to show it correctly. Because now you guys are both doing it wrong. You think you just did, did a good deed when yeah. really you just like made like messed up his form. And if I didn't catch it and fix it, he would be drilling it like that. And now he thinks that like that move, it's not going to work. It's just going to mess up his entire process. So what would be a good rule? Like if, if, ha- if, an, if a higher level person is available, use that resource. What if they're not, what if they're busy, then that you're the highest level person. You, you do, do your best, do your best. How about just don't, don't correct someone unless you are absolutely certain I don't think no. I don't think that's true because a blue belt that doesn't know much but just knows the basic positions and some of the basic submissions could impart most of that knowledge to a white belt. 
Like he yeah. can show what a rear naked choke is and be like, I think right. like, it kind of works like this. And then mount is like, you try and just kind of hold them and then like close yeah. guard. So like supremely, I wrap my legs around you and you're like, it's like, they're confident. It's they're like, supremely confident in the basics. Like a blue belt should, should be able to show a Kimura like pretty right. well. Like, like super basic like stuff. You shouldn't yeah. have a fucking blue belt. If like, you can't do like, the Kimura. like eight moves tops. It's like right. what, what you're capable but, but of maybe, like explaining, but maybe not reverse de la worm. But then of course, but like not even to, to that, ex- like, even Kimuras are getting done backwards, you know? How many times have you taught a Kimura and they just like, you're like, okay, put the arm around and they, and go, they go under. under. And it's like, put, <laughs> no, 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 put the arm around his arm and they go around their arm. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. so that was like your I, arm. Could I, you just like go around their arm? I, got, <laughs> I always say, put your armpit on their shoulder. I just skip, I just skip it entirely. And I just, I was like, okay, just take your hand. And I physically grab their hand yeah. and put it in the right position because yeah. it's like much easier. But I mean, you got to be patient and like everyone has their, you know, for sure. But you got to be aware you don't know what you don't know. And that is that what you don't know is a lot more than, you know, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I got that. <laughs> I mean, it's like that it for all of like, us. I got that. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know. And what you don't know is a lot more than, you know, and that's okay. just the reality of everything. Like, I'm not going to try and give like, I'll give podcasting tips to you because like we're, but I'm a fucking blue belt and you, maybe you were a white belt when we started. And so I can like give you some like basics. Like, don't use a condenser mic. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> Fuck condenser mics. They ruin everything. Yeah, you don't, definitely don't. That's like the equivalent of saying like, okay, don't don't lunge at people's eyeballs. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's a good yeah. start. Yeah. Okay, here's another one. Okay. If you get submitted, spare us your stupid excuse about why you got submitted. Like That's uh, just a general life rule. Is yeah. Making excuses in anywhere in your life is going to hold you back so just, much. Just save it. No one cares how tired you are. No one cares that you worked a double shift. Like we all got bullshit going on. We're all hurt. We all have injuries. We're all tired. We all have the same fucking excuses. So just save it. No one cares. And don't stop so someone the, right before they submit you and try to correct but their just, technique. Just like excuses are funny because even if you're aware you're not supposed to make excuses, it's very easy to find yourself still, still making excuses in a, a roundabout way. Oh, I make excuses in my own head even. But I'm just like, don't, don't, don't say that out loud, Josh. Right. Like, don't do it. Like, yes, I know. I know what the excuse is in my head, but don't verbalize it. My favorite excuse is probably the most common one because for a while there was a general understanding that understanding that excuses are bad, but still every single after tournament post was, you know, guys, I went out there and I, you know, I fought the guy who won. Oh my God. I yeah. fought the guy who won and lost he, the guy who won I lost the, the guy who won, but it was a close match and I lost by advantage. And I think next time I can get him. And that was the guy who won. He I, won the whole I only thing. lost him by an advantage, but, but he submitted everybody else. But the funny thing about that is statistically, most people lost to the guy who won. So it's like, <laughs> it's, it's actually incredibly <laughs> common to lose to the guy who won because All he beat, <laughs> he beat, he beat most people. Yeah. So it's like, it's a really silly um, way to like give yourself an excuse. Like, yeah, everyone lost to the guy who won. Yeah. <laughs> That's why yeah. he won. Yeah. Like, don't say that. Don't say you, that. Like, identify why you really lost, which is like a technical error or a mindset error or a misunderstanding of the rules. Like, those are the reasons you lost. Take ownership of that. Take that, extreme that's, that's ownership. That's not an of that. excuse, right? That's ownership. That's ownership. Yeah, there's a different. Like, They're opposite. If you right? if you can, you need to take a hundred percent responsibility for what you control, and anything outside of your control is not your concern. Because the second you start putting it outside of your control, that's an excuse. Like things that happened that you're claiming are outside of your control, all of that is excuses. So if you stayed up all night and didn't sleep, and that's a hundred percent your control, you need to ex- like own it. You need to be like, yeah, I fucked up. I didn't take this seriously, and I stayed up all night and. 
that could be a, a big that's clearly a big reason why I lost because I'm not serious about this. <laughs> like you have to be like, if I want to do better, I need to take this more seriously. Give me another, give me another common excuse. What's another one that you've hear? Um, I don't know. Injuries. Like people always talk about having an injuries or I think that's literally the most common one. Um, is like saying that they lost the guy who won and it's the, so it's everywhere. That's, yeah. I, I, I just don't, like it I, well i'm not thinking of competitions but like in training i know what, what would mm. happen is someone's about to get submitted by a lower belt and then so like let's say a brown belt's about to get submitted by a blue belt oh these are like super the cliches yeah and then the guy says and like they're defending the arm bar right they're like super fucked you know they're like not getting out and then they're like they're like actually if you if you they stop and they start correcting oh them, right? no like, actually if you do this if you do this with your legs and you do this with your arms you switch your grip yeah i call that the tap out teacher it's and the then, guy who teaches instead of tapping out right and then he's and then he shows them okay now you can stretch out my arm and now you're going to finish me and then okay that's it but you kind of you know stole, another you another um you stole their moment don't oh yeah, do that for sure don't do that it's fucked up yeah, I think that people are getting better about that one because that's like such a clear faux pas. Like, what are you doing, bro? Like, anyone who witnesses that is just like embarrassed for you. Like, please. It's cringy. Just stop, it's, yeah. dude. Like, what? <laughs> it's, cr- it's cringy. Like, it doesn't matter that that guy's a white belt and he's arm barring you yeah. as a purple belt. Like, take ownership, bro. Maybe demote yourself. It happens. Honestly. I mean, <laughs> the reality of the matter is it happens, right? Right. It fucking happens. Yeah, it happens. I got it, tapped by, I mean, I got happens, tapped by a brown belt today. Happens to everyone. I got caught. Nice ass Darsh. There's this t- super tall dude. His name is JR. That's the guy you're telling me about? Yeah, he's like 6'6". Six, six, and he's just like pure potential, man. Like just a thousand percent potential. He's or skinny. He's like, he's like me if I was 6'6", six, six, and I trained a really long time and I never touched a weight in my life. <laughs> so like, that's what I'm saying. He's literally all potential. He's just like ground floor brown belt guy. Where do you, where do you train before? I think he was, he, uh, he just has been visiting for, let me just say, cause I think he's still at his other gym. I've just been inviting him to come train cause he's a great training partner. So you just outed him? Uh, no, I didn't. JR. I literally said he, everyone is How many brown belt JRs are there in San Diego? It could be junior bro. Ronaldo junior could be like Galarmi junior. I didn't say anything. Okay. I just call him JR cause that's what it said on the sheet. Maybe he that's could. That's what it says maybe, on his sheet. Okay. And all I'm, and what I'm saying is, uh, I you distract me now. What was I talking about? I don't remember. I'm sorry. Anyways, I'm this, tired. the guy is like super tough and he's full of potential. And oh, it's because excuses. This guy caught me today. Um, yeah, I got caught by a purple belt not too long ago. It happens. Yeah, it happens. You can't always be on, you know. And it, it's like, okay, what what was the real issue? Like, if you get tapped by a lower belt, it's like, hmm, is it because I? only been training once a week and i skipped last week and i've been eating bad and it's like i'm not really like studying out i'm not doing any extracurricular studying i don't like i have an ego about this yes because i like identify with jujitsu but i don't actually really apply myself and there's people you know that are really hungry and coming up these ranks and if i want to stay relevant to my belt i have to actually apply myself and try that's that's like the mindset you should have probably one one of the things that helped has helped me a lot in competition is like if i lost did i really try like where where was where was the fault of me not trying and if i had tried harder and what aspect would have improved it you know but i'm very rarely upset about losses because i also feel like i i definitely can always do a lot more <laughs> you know yeah 
Like you can always do a lot more. And it's like a loss just like puts that right clear in front of you what you need to do more. Of. I think I think a lot of people are afraid to give their best effort out of fear of failure after that. That's fact. a scary one. Yeah. Right? If you give 100 percent, let's say you go eight week training camp and you give this fucking camp everything you have, you're completely 100 percent. And then you just lose first round. And then you lose. That's a real heartbreaker. Like that's a hard one to swallow, because if you don't try your best and you lose. You got that excuse in the back of your mind. You, yeah, that that's an excuse in itself. The people who intentionally I aren't know, really... I know people. I know we, people. We know people <laughs> yeah. like that. We know people like I, that. I don't want to name names, but... No, that's a very, really tra- easy trap to fall into is like, you know... It's easy. I don't to, even really care about this sport. Yeah, it's easy, it's easy <laughs> to go into a tournament like, like oh, I didn't really train for this, and whatever happens, happens. And if you win, you're the fucking man. And if you lose, you're just like, eh, like I, the, okay. I didn't train for it. It doesn't matter. That is a... I feel like that's okay though. You know? Okay, but what if like you, you go through a training camp and you give 80% effort? That's, that's a tricky one because you never know really what's going on in someone's head. And like the person that me and you were thinking about, it's very possible that they just like, this is all they got. Like this is just what they do. And they're doing just fine where it's at. And it's like they don't really care that much. But, in the, but jujitsu is this person's... Right, identity career, and career. career. Like your, your path. You don't they don't have a job. I think they're just gonna feel like some regret later on down the line. Like yeah. I could have done yeah. more. I mean I feel I feel that. Like I, I feel, feel like that. I could have done more, but it's also but then I also remind myself like, damn, I've definitely tried really hard in the past and it's fucked me up mentally. Like tried too hard. To the point that it makes me hate it. Like and I'm not enjoying it anymore. Okay. Well, I, okay. So in that sense, it's it is good to pull back because <clears> you're, you're if you're trying too hard and it's fucking your head up, then yeah, you're 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 a detriment to yourself. Yeah. The happy you have to find your own happy. So you have to come to terms with that and back off and find your find your equilibrium. Yeah. Another thing is like controlling your temper. There's people who get angry if they lose to someone. Oh, not if I lose. I don't. Well, like I, I no, did. in like the gym even. Like maybe they had a hard time passing the guy's guard and they view it as like a loss. Like they. Sorry. <laughs> I'll name his name. I don't give a fuck. Nassar gets really mad if he loses to someone who, who like he shouldn't lose to, and he'll come back at them the next. He's round. too Nassar's too hard on himself for sure. Yeah, but I wouldn't. I, yeah, I wouldn't say it's like a. I, I don't think it's a flaw. I wonder if he's watching. Sometimes he watches the live streams. Nassar's the sweetest guy, and he's like, he definitely is like, I think he's honestly the most technical guy at Autos. Like I've never had harder rounds that are more technical and str- like a struggle than versus Nassar. Like even versus Andre, it's like he's, a diff. It's different. He's a great training partner. He's like because he gives it a hundred percent. He gives, that's the thing. He's like he, that's why it's like okay for him to be upset with himself sometimes because yeah. it's like he really gives it, it as all. He gives all. it a hundred percent. He gives it a hundred percent in the training, like at home. This is all he ever thinks about. And then when he's on the, he's like hitting it twice a day every day, even though his body's falling apart. Yeah, yeah. Like his immune system is just getting crushed from like overtraining, and he's like getting a staph infection or something and it's just like bro just like relax a little like it'll go, a little will go further in some situations i want to tell a story real quick and i don't know if i should but i'm going to um just change the names and places well it's about nasar well just like <laughs> you know don't no, okay I mean, like, nasar's an awesome dude yeah, yeah no he got he uh he had a match one time and he got really upset because the guy kind of spammed him like he it was like kind of a lit it was a really lame match. Right. The guy, the guy just kind of like grabbed the ankle, held onto it. And mm-hmm. I, I would say that that is like Nassar's reaction to that is kind of extreme ownership because he's not going to put, he doesn't put it on the other person. He's mad at himself. Yeah. You know, but, uh, he, yeah, he just gets really mad. I'm not even going to tell the story. Anyways. Um, 
Me and Nassar used to get mad at each other. Oh, me and Nassar got into a fight one time. I slapped him. Really? I, I gave him a body punch and then I pushed him and then oh he got God. up and he told me to get out of the gym and like we didn't talk for two Dude, days. You're lucky he didn't tie kick you in the head. Yeah. We, yeah. Well, <laughs> we were training. Nassar is a lethal MMA fighter. I was actually. trying to pass his guard and he, he, he just like his foot met my nuts three times within one round and I just fucking like. I, I think like, I think you and Nassar are tied for most public outbursts at the gym. Yeah. <laughs> like most public like uh, loss of temper moments. I'm, I'm trying only, to think of a good excuse about why I do that, but I don't, I don't, have, <laughs> I don't have one. <laughs> Is this when I'm dieting, man? I'm super grumpy. I just, yeah, dude, fuck. that's man. Dieting when I'm tired, I get like that when I'm tired. That's why I don't cut weight anymore. I'm done with it. It brings out the evil. in It's low, lowers your quality of life for what, what ends fuck cutting weight guys. Don't cut weight. If you need to, if you need to cut weight to win a tournament, is your jujitsu really better? Is, is your jujitsu really the best? Mm-mm. If you're going after smaller guys that are not as strong as you, does that really mean your jiu-jitsu is the best? No, it doesn't. If you had faith in your jiu-jitsu, you're not going to cut weight. You're just going to fucking go. Oh, my God. I need to mod this guy. What does that mean? Like set them as moderator so they can like um, you just control m- the chat. They just, like can delete people. You just modded some random dude? I modded Hicks and Gracie. His, his, he has the YouTube title, Hicks and Gracie, so he's now <laughs> he's a mod. So speaking of losing your temper, if anyone talks shit about me talking shit about their Gracies, guess what? I'm homies with Hicks and he's a mod in my chat. What are you talking about? The man's uh, my mom. Did you see the video of Tex Johnson punching? And I don't talk shit about the Gracies either. I was thinking about that. Sorry. That's a great. That's yeah. Let's talk about that. Tex punching Tackett. Tex bro. You was fucked that up. Andrew Tackett? That was not cool. Which one was it? Which Tackett was it? Uh, and uh, William. William. William's the older one. Yeah. Okay. Um, and the tech said he was like, he was, he was an accident. Like he was reaching for something and then closed his hand. But no, dude, I watched the video like 20 times. Like he closed the fist and boom. Sounds a lot like an excuse. I mean, he lost his temper. He should just own it. And then he was sitting there like, what, 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 what? You know, I liked, I'd like text and I've hung out with him. He's a, a nice times guy. Man. He's, a, he's a cool dude to talk to, but he's got, he's got an, like that's an anger issue right there. He was, you gotta just own it and be like, I fucked up. I lost I'm my sorry. lost my cool. I'm sorry. Yeah, I lost like I lost my cool. I thought the the kick it hurt maybe like the push that Aunt, uh, uh, yeah, William did. Yeah, like yeah. maybe it was like unco- like I took it as a sign of disrespect. Right. <laughs> but uh, Leo Vieira had a good post about this because actually, man, like I don't know what really happened in the video, but like um, there's another instance that Leo Vieira posted where a guy kind of like teep kicked a guy kind of off the mat as they were like resetting. And I couldn't really tell if it was like malicious or he just was kind of like continuing the scramble. But then uh, also the the Tex Johnson versus Tackett match, there needs to like if someone hits someone, headbutts them, like as a clear foul in like physicality, like you got to DQ them, even in the super fight events. And the super fight events are super scared to DQ someone because it's like they were paid, yeah, it ruins the event, ruins the event. Yeah. A lot like everyone's gonna boo. They're gonna talk shit about the event. Like, but it's worse to allow it to continue. You know, after it happens, they allowed it to continue. And it's like, I'm sure William was like, yeah, I'm glad it continued so I can, you know, he legit, win. Yeah, he he went back and legitly won. Yeah. Because William's a badass too. And, uh, but really the, like that can't be tolerated. It's not cool. So what about, what about the thing Perez likes to do when he like puts that foot on that chest and just gives it a, uh, a good, a good shove? Like that could be dangerous. Yeah. Right. Cause you're going over your own knees. Someone with bad knees probably, but I mean. But he's, he's not doing it to old men. 
but I'm, I'm just saying like what, how much is okay to put your foot on someone's chest and push. There's a clear difference between a push and a strike. So you got to place your foot on the chest and then push. Tell me, tell me that those clubs at ADCC were not strikes. Tell it to me. Say it. I want to hear you say it. I thought it was really funny that one time Mateus tried to club me and I ducked it because I knew he had that was a nice ass duck. He, well, he clubbed me like three times really hard. So I just knew he was going to do it again. And uh, his hand was on my wrist and I just knew the second his hand left my wrist, I was going to duck. <laughs> he almost fell over. <laughs> he like literally lost his balance and almost tripped over his feet. One, and, I, and I fucking laughed. I fucking laughed. And then I, I, I made a mistake because I kind of giggled at it. And then I like fist bumped him. Uh-huh. And I realized at that moment, I lost my focus. Oh, no. And that's when I fucked the Disaster. match. The match went downhill from there. That's when you pulled guard. I know. I did dumb shit. I just wasn't taking it very serious, man. I've, I've competed with him so many times. That, like it's And we, we make a lot of jokes to each other. And I just... Mm-hmm. Anyways, you lost your fighter, lost fighter spirit, bro. Is that I, an excuse? I lost my focus. No, that's no. ownership, right? Yeah, no, that's that's ownership, and you need to um, remember that. I need to kick his ass next time. When I do something like that, I write. I have this like this continuous note in my iPhone in the note section, and it's just like all the fuck ups that I've done in competition, mindset fuck ups, you know, like anything. It's a short list. <laughs> I was gonna say I want to see this list. It's a short list. <laughs> it's not very list? long, but it's like just something like to remind yourself. Like, damn. Like the biggest one for me is going into a match and not fighting hard enough. Like nothing feels worse than ending a match and being like, I'm not really that tired, and I lost. Like if I lost, I should be dragged off this mat. Like I should be dying. And if you're not giving it your all and it's something you care about, then it's like, why are you even there? I was explaining that up. I was explaining this to someone today. Actually, this guy Barry, he's a, a really good black belt, and um, he's visiting from Canada. He's a good wrestler, right? And we had a really good training round, and it was in the last twenty seconds that I swept him, or I came up and took him down, and he was like, "Fuck!" And I was like, "I was like, bro, the last thirty seconds are the most important of the entire match." That's when dreams are made and broken. In yeah. the last thirty, that's when Mateus passed my guard. Last three seconds. That's when I that's when I finished Gabriel Almeida last thirty seconds. That's where the that's when I finished Adam Varginsky last thirty seconds. That's where the willpower comes in. It's like the final break. It's like you either don't break or you do, and one person breaks every time that I I in some capacity. Yeah, I can think of so many matches that I won in the last thirty seconds. Hmm. It's the most important, you guys. That thirty seconds is like the go. That's when you empty the fucking gas tank. Like whatever you have left, whether you're winning or losing. See, that's what I'm good at. I'm good. I'm good at like fighting the last 30 seconds or the last half of the fight good or hard. I'm just not good at fighting the first half of the match hard. And a lot of times it's, it comes back to bite me because it's like I'm down on points or something. And now I'm like fighting from a deficit and the guy can be defensive. Right. And then it's like you're trying to apply yourself. But it's like the, but the it's match hard. is over already right. because it's like he's already decided he doesn't want to do jujitsu anymore. Right. And so it's like what you set yourself up for failure from the first 30 seconds if you give up points so the first 30 seconds and the last 30 seconds are like the most important and actually now that i think about it that's kind of what i do i go really hard in the first few minutes mm-hmm. and i go really hard in the last few minutes and in the middle i'm just kind of doing in the middle thing. both people are kind of just like in the feeling out stage it's like yeah i try I, to blitz people and get into a good position and then i just fucking smash for like five right. minutes and then so what i started doing is i started taking on a defensive approach early so like I know most people do that. I think I told you about this when we were traveling all over doing all those tournaments in 2017. Yeah. 
And I realized, like, I was like, why are these matches so hard? It's because everyone just goes hard as fuck for the first three minutes. And yeah. if I go hard as fuck, too, it's like they might have a chance to do something because yeah. I'm cold and I'm not a really fast starter. Right. But if I just take a super defensive posture, assuming that this guy's going to try and come out and kill me and I'm just, like, ready to, like, react quickly and fight hard, but, like, in a def- defensive manner, s- like, everyone burned out really quickly. Yeah, it, that's what, That was your strategy versus Gutenberg. He blitzed you for three minutes, oh, yeah. right? They, dude, it's it's like nonstop against me. Mergali, everyone does it to me. Yeah. The only person who doesn't do it to me is Leandro Lowe, and he beats me because of it. <laughs> Leandro Lowe does the same thing. We both are like defensive, like waiting, waiting, yeah, yeah. waiting, waiting. And neither of us wants to be first because it's like the person that goes first is going to get tired and let the other person who's fresher get the move. Can you recall the most exhausted you felt after a competitive match? And who was it against? Like just exhausted. fucking just wiped out. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. Yuri Samoa's metamorphosis when I I I had to leave the match as I Kenny Florian was coming up with the microphone because I was going to throw up. I remember you. I was going to throw up. I was so tired. That's because I was out of shape. I don't remember what was going on though. What year was that? What year is this? Oh, uh, metamorphosis. That was two thousand. Who am I? That was like two thousand fourteen. This was one of the was, later metamorphoses. That though. was two thousand fourteen. I remember. Yeah, I was pretty tired there. I've been pretty tired. I'm trying to think. Of, I'm trying to think of mine. I can't really think. Of Honestly, if you if you are training really hard, you're not going to get tired in the match. You're not going to be like your lungs will be burning, maybe, but you'll feel fine in like yeah. thirty seconds to a minute after. You know who fucking really made me work hard was um, uh, Montiero. What's his last name from Arizona? Um, Orlando, Orlando Montiero. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I wasn't in good shape for that either. Yeah, it was in Seattle. That was the day we fought that day in Seattle. Yeah, yeah, that was an open class. Yeah, but uh, man, he was tough. Back is tight. I fought him there too, huh? Yeah, in the open class. Wait, did we both fight him there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fought him in the weight class. You fought him in the open class. Oh, uh. yeah. But I remember I was just smoked after that match. My arm, I couldn't even like my hands were just like. Shh. It's because he he was playing like spider guard against you. No. I can't remember what. Remember it was. when we used to make fun of you for Pete playing Spider Guard against you, and Pete's like entire game for like years, until I st- like until recently or maybe still, it was just to not get past. It's like that was yeah. his entire goal. Yeah. It's like not to attack, but to purely not get past. Pete's guard is really hard to pass. I just not, I pull, I just pull guard on him now, because his pass. passing is not that good. Yo, you could pass, bro. Maybe you now. Need, it's been just, a while. You must take the right grips. It's been a while. I can show you. Can you pass Connor's guard yet? That was a loaded question. It was a trick question. I always pass Connor's guard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? He Con- actually no. He Connor's actually, still in here. He, he actually, came in to talk shit and then just dipped when I unmodded him. He gave jerk. me a really good round today. No, really. But he's in really great shape. And he's I'm, super and strong. Yeah. He right now he's fucking strong. He was just in Grand Slam in in Rio, and I was in Mexico drinking cervezas. But he gave me a really tough round today. That sounds like an excuse, bro. Did you just make an excuse on this podcast? I'm, own, I'm owning it. I wasn't. I wasn't prepared. He he did great, bro. The proper thing to do there would be to say, "I had a hard time against Connor." I did have a hard time. You gotta keep Connor. that to yourself, dude. To be honest, I can't even remember if I. I don't remember who won. I don't remember. Anyways, I feel like we're. Let's change uh, the subject. Are we running out of steam right now? I mean, not really. We're just like running the excuse thing into the ground. <laughs> but I mean, I'm I'm over it. To be honest, I'm over you. I'm over this podcast. I'm over this staying awake right now. I'm over this chat. Over this, this harassing life. Me. Nope. 
Jiu-Jitsu life has treated me well, Joshua. I would, I, I would concur. I feel like there are certain people in it that have go to not. the chat. Let's go. Go to the chat, man. What's up, guys? They, they've been pumping out. They've been pumping out messages for an hour and a half, and we've only acknowledged one of them. We should probably start at the beginning. Let's scroll. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna scroll back to the just top. Do a random, <laughs> just do a random scroll and then see where it stops. Like just slide it and like. There's a way to let me check the super chats. That's what we should do. The people who donated. Oh yeah. But I forgot how to. I just want you guys. I want everyone who donated. I just want you to know that I have not seen a single dollar of those donations. It's all that shit just stays in Keenan's pocket. <laughs> you know it's true. That's not true. Maybe I no. just forgot to do the. Yeah. Remember, I sent you the report last time. Yeah, I forgot to do that again. Okay, here I have the viewer activity. Keenan does not share any of your donations with me at all. Um, should top talent blue belts like Ty and Michael be allowed to be allowed to compete at black belt? In the IBJJF or anywhere, because Ty definitely just fought Wagner and there was no belt. It was just a no gi match. I th- yeah, I think they're like challenging the years and the the time limit that is is uh, implied. It's by IBJJF. You know, I was just thinking about this the other day. Um, I mean, they they can compete at any level. They don't. I mean, Ty can compete with anyone at black at black belt. Like, but the IBJJF won't let him wear a black belt. Uh, I don't, yeah. I don't disagree with the IBJJF either. Like there needs to be standards. So there needs to be some standards for belts. Like, it's not their fault that they're really good and they're sixteen. It's not I their mean, fault. No, you can't. You can't hate on them for this. Like, and, and, so, and, and they can't be purple belts. Like people in the yeah, IBJJF do better, guys. Like that's what good jujitsu looks like. I think like. it's really a stupid thing to complain about someone being better at jujitsu. Well, you. I don't think I, this guy. I don't think there's uh, complaining. No, not him. But Is people, that what he but, said? but people do complain. Yeah, he's not. He's saying they should be allowed to like compete at a, at a higher level as well. I would say they should be able to compete well, in multiple divisions. That'd be cool. That's what Grappler's Quest used to do. You could sign up for as many divisions as you wanted. Mm-hmm. And actually, when I found out the IBJJF doesn't allow that, I was like, so why? 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 Why not? Why Why not pay two registration fees and sign up for two divisions, masters and adult? They could probably make a lot more money if they did that. I think if you pitched it to them like that, they'd be like, oh, shit. We <laughs> like, could probably get like 33% more you know registration. I mean? And the adult division and the master's division usually goes at different times. So I would, I would it wouldn't be a conflict. I think at, at least by age, you should be able to compete in different age divisions. If you're a master and you want to compete in adult too, yeah. go for it. I think that would be great. I think you still like they'd have to just make stricter qualifying rules for black belt. Probably, actually, but. I know for a fact that head referee head head referee Gabriel listens to our podcast. Oh no! <laughs> oh god! Along with uh, with um, which one? Which one is Gabriel? I, I have the face. He's the cool one. Yeah, he's cool. They're actually all cool. He I, gives. I, he, I does he do the? Um, I think he does most of the referee courses. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's the him. one. Yeah, yeah, he's cool. Um. I've never had any problems with any of the, like the main referees. It's just the random dudes I've never seen before. It's like, where right. did this guy come from? No, the guys. Why is he refing my finals match at Worlds? Like the, the, <laughs> guys, the guys that have been there for a while are, are all pretty pretty cool. Like, can I get like an experienced dude in here maybe for this like high high like intensity match? Like, I don't know. Yeah, maybe knows what's going on. Um, but I think um, I think if you're listening, John or Gabriel, Professor Gabriel, sorry, um. Maybe pitch that to the administration. Do you like people calling you professor? I hate it. What would you rather be called? Josh. What about coach? That's all right. Yeah. I don't hate it, but. 
There was a guy one time that went on our big when I, when Dom Bell got his black belt and everyone was saying congratulations, Professor Dom, and some guy from Australia just got just got all upset. It was like, oh, where did he do his postdoc? And if he's a professor, he did a postdoc, and he was, so went on this big old rant about it. Like, why are you, why are you guys calling him professor? He's not a professor. He didn't he didn't has, didn't do a dissertation. He was, he was comparing it to like PhD. Yeah, exactly. Or something. I was like, bro, get up. And he, you know, the guy ended up sending me like a private message. He's like, you're just a poor. A poor fucking fuck. And did he insult your income? Yeah, he tried to. But that's a pretty. That's a. That's an interesting insult. I know. It's pretty popular in our scene too. <laughs> to insult someone's income. I know, but like, <laughs> I, I, that's ridiculous because you guys literally have no fucking idea how much yeah, money you, yeah. <laughs> you guys are fucking clueless. Like, I live a modest lifestyle, but that doesn't reflect Dude, my income. No one's more modest than you, Josh. That's not true. I'm not very modest. I live. No a one's more modest than me. I missed. I, I live. If there a, was a competition for modesty, I would win that shit. I'm not. First place. I'm not very modest. Is that a yeah. modest thing to say? <laughs> it is. Um, but I do live a modest lifestyle because I believe in saving. I'm saving for my future because I don't have a fucking retirement plan. <laughs> yeah, you got it. So, so uh, yeah, stack it so up. I invest in my my IRA. You should invest in yourself, Josh. That's the only thing you can really count on. I do invest in myself. No, I'm talking like cold, hard dollar cash into something real. Such as? That's a good question. I think mostly some sort of... I, I'm, I'm just going to say it right now. We're, we're running out of steam. I'm, I'm, having, I'm chilling, dude. <laughs> I'm, my brain is slowing down really okay, quick. Tell me this. Why won't you train with me, Josh? <sighs> Did I not just train with you like two weeks ago at 540? That was like months ago, man. That was not months ago. It was last month. Right it was before, like a month. I, I was getting ready ago. for. I was getting ready for my match with Murillo. Did you watch my match with Murillo? Oh God, it sounds like the most boring match. It was. <laughs> it was actually. That's why I didn't watch. Dude. It, it was, was just like nothing's gonna happen this match. It was because he he took the perfect stance to take away all the things that I liked. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it wasn't very. Okay, good. you didn't answer my question though, man. I do train with you. Fuck. You don't, bro. I've had. Do you know how long my gym has been open? It's been open. I've had Matt's there for like a month and a half, dude. And you call yourself my friend. What am I to you? Just a missed like a. You're just a co-host. I'm just a freaking golden goose over here laying you your golden eggs for your podcast wealth, which you're just hoarding away in some sort of Scrooge McDuck <laughs> vault somewhere. Investing in IRAs. What the fuck are you talking about? You just said it yourself, man. You just you're just like hoarding your money, saving for your future. Not, what not I'm trying, honestly, what friends. I'm trying to do is I'm trying to put so much money in the stock market that I can live off dividends. That happens if it just all goes fucking belly up, dude. Well, when stock price goes down, the dividends don't necessarily change. The value of the stock can go down, sure, but the, the what they pay out in dividends doesn't necessarily change. Or the opposite is also true. If the stock value can go up, but they can lower the dividend payments if they want, they can change whatever the fuck they want whenever they want. But that's why you. Where'd you get that idea? That's why you diversify. Where'd you get that idea about the whole dividends thing? You you want to know the truth? Sure. You remember that movie Broken Arrow with John Travolta? No. When he on. they hijacked a uh, and I think it was Christian. What's his name? Christian? Don't not bail. Uh, Christian, the, the actor, the old one from a long time ago, from the eighties. Okay. Anyways, they still the, the Broken Arrow. They they uh, hijacked a uh, stealth bomber with a nuke, and they were trying to ransom. They had some kind of ransom. This is what you based your future Listen, off, motherfucker. Of? <laughs> there's one quote out of this movie that changed my perspective. Oh, okay. And John Travolta was like. like 
He was like saying, I don't know, he's going to detonate this nuke unless he gets like $5 million or $500 million or something. And, and then he explained to someone that he's going to invest that money in Volvo and live off the dividends for the rest of his life. And I was like, hmm. Huh. That's interesting. Huh. Uh, any finance experts? Any? I mean, you went to finance school. Surely this is not I have not a fucking a, master's degree in you're finance. You're a master's I in finance, mean, bro. So you're good. This is like. Yeah, I know what I'm doing. This is foolproof. You know what you're doing. It's all good. I mean, it's not foolproof. Like things can go bad. Like anytime mm-hmm. the orange man in the White House says something weird, the stock market fucking goes into fluctuations. Yeah. When every time he wants to like make a trade war with China, dude, the, mark, I, the market starts going like this. And I really want to watch the um, Tesla Cybertruck reveal that happened when we started this podcast. I sacrificed it so I could do this with you. That would be really cool to have seen. Live. I see your little Elon Musk book right here. That's a great book. We hand it to me, please. You should read this. Can I read it right now? Uh, you can. T- oh, wait, will you read it? I will. Will you actually? Because this is a really interesting book about him. I will read it. And if like, you th- if you th- is is it really a good book? It's really don't good. Fucking don't just say it is good. No, book no, because you want people to think you're smart. It's so it's very very interesting, and it, it is not like it's not a super educational book. It's just like it's a it's a biography. On okay. It. Yeah, it's not like you're not learning any crazy like business. It's not like an educational thing. It's just more about like what an interesting human. Like this man is like the most important person in our era for sure. Like hit, like he's the only one who can do it. He's the only one. He can do it, dude. Okay. Yeah, check it cool. out. Anyways, Thanks. guys, that's going to be it for the podcast. Yeah, I think we're done, man. <laughs> I'm, my brain is fried. Yeah, I'm, I'm done too. Thanks for stopping by. Um, Can we, oh, we explained why we didn't do the episode last week. Yeah, we had an issue with yeah, a, yeah. an audio technical no. issue. We Sorry have the episode, that. we just didn't release it. So it just wasn't the quality that we were looking for. It's not that we didn't do an episode. We did an episode, but we didn't want to release it, so it's in the bank right now. Yeah, we've grown accustomed to a certain quality of life, and I'm not willing to go back to where we were at before. Yeah. So If you ever go back and watch that first episode, it's pretty bad. Really? I mean, the audio sounds really bad. Oh, yeah, I could see that. I would just like to encourage all the listeners to go back and listen to the first three or four episodes. Also, guys, um, because we're not accepting sponsors anymore, because sponsors just don't, they don't know what we're doing. We don't answer to anyone. We don't answer to anyone. We're our own bosses. <laughs> we don't need sponsors because we sponsor ourselves. <laughs> so this podcast is brought to you by Josh Hanger's multiple instructionals around the world <laughs> from on Barry Insights. A, there's a few of them, yeah. And he will be doing one with, uh, with ho- me, hopefully. I would like to produce one of your instructionals, Josh. Do you know what it's going to be called? Oh, do you have a name already picked out? No, but I mean, oh. come up with something cool. Okay. But I'll produce a great instructional for you, and that will be available within the next two months if Josh ever comes to my gym to actually film it. <laughs> wow. Other than that, I have updated the Lapel Encyclopedia, or will be updated by Black Friday with some huge discounts. And one thing that is really important about this is that instructional, next week? it's next week. Yeah, I think. No, I don't know. End of the month. I don't know. I'm not sure exactly when Black Friday is. It seems to be like a month long thing now. No one gives a fuck now. about Black Friday anymore. It's Cyber Monday. That's the thing. It's dude. The whole month, bro, is just like a <laughs> consumer like nightmare. We're we, we're joking about this. Where paid actors will be trying to coerce you out of your money for various deals, like appealing to your lizard brain in highly scientific ways to get you to buy more things. And let's just be honest. Buying more things does not make you happy. I was just going to say that. Have you ever like bought material objects and been like, I feel good about myself yeah. right now? No, it's not going to do it. Yeah, I tried. I tried one more time recently. I bought a pair of AirPods Pro because it seemed like they'd fit my cauliflower ears. I was like, this is like a functional thing for me. Like I finally get to have like portable earbuds that fit in my ears. 
No go. I didn't even feel good about it. Not even one little iota of happiness came from those things. Over-the-ear headphones are much better. But, you know, one thing that makes me happy, Josh, consistently throughout the years? Jiu-jitsu. I was going to say talking to me. No. (laughs) Doing jiu-jitsu. That's the one thing we all have in common. We realize that's the shit. That's the shit that makes us happy. Like, damn, this thing (sighs) makes us happy. And the only way you can get more of that is by furthering your knowledge. Jiu-jitsu is an incredibly knowledge-based sport. You need to do some studying on your own because most instructors don't have it all. You have to like pick, go around and like pick some things up. And so um, the lapel encyclopedia is my personal masterpiece of like my creations of jiu-jitsu. You know how functional these things are. You yourself are a little bit of a lapel guard player, aren't you, Josh? I dabble. I dabble. You, it was a perfect supplement to a otherwise struggling guard game. <laughs> And with the help, I think I think you can agree that your guard has improved significantly. I felt it. Yeah. Your guard has gotten a lot better since you started using some lapel guards. Well, but here you and there. know since we don't train together. Well, I try I mean that whose <laughs> fault is that? Um, but yeah, so the thing about this instructional is it's constantly updated. You buy it once, you get it forever. So every single lapel guard update throughout the years, if you get it once, you'll have access to those through the app, the website, et cetera, et cetera. It is not a one and done deal. So it's kind of like a constantly updating thing that just gains value over time. You could think of it as like investing in yourself rather than buying a product because it will improve your jujitsu or I'll give you your money back. Honestly, if you feel like it, you didn't learn anything and it did not help you in some way, I will literally give you your money back. 100%. No questions asked. Just send a thing. Send a thing to info at Keen Online. Say you didn't like it. They'll send your money back. Can I do my promotion now? Absolutely. I don't have a name for my thing, though. <clears throat> I can do it for you. I'm, I'm great at this stuff. You know what I do? Absolutely. Okay. Go ahead and try. Okay. What do I do? Josh what? is a very experienced competitor and man. He understands. <laughs> don't laugh. Sorry. Go ahead. Is that not true? Nope. I am a very experienced man. You're an experienced man. I've been a man my entire life. I'm super experienced at being a man. See, see, you should have done. I was never a woman. You should have done my instructional. You should have like vouched for you because I'm going to vouch for, okay. I'm going to vouch for you right now. Since I've known you, you're probably one of the most knowledgeable and educated people that I've come in contact with. As, as you know, the jiu-jitsu community, especially in the professional level, is filled with jiu-jitsu bums that it's just like, that's all they've ever done. No social ability, knuckle, no knuckle draggers. They no no like <laughs> culture. Like they haven't really been anywhere to really experience the the culture. Maybe this is like I'm speaking for like the American guys. I know I'm not as close to the Brazilians. Yeah, I would Tanner say. Rice. You have no fucking culture. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like it's a, co- a common thing. You dedicate yourself to something. It's hard to like branch out and experience yeah. new things. But you're very experienced, and I think you have a uh, wealth of knowledge to share with people that can improve their lives beyond just jujitsu. But what are you best at? jiu-jitsu and competing you are a man who has come into jiu-jitsu at a later age the odds are stacked against you <laughs> it's true you like basically start your professional career at what 32 33 33 like that's like when people are ending their professional oh, careers you're right 32 it was 32 30. so you yeah. ended your profession you started your professional career when most people are ending it made something of yourself beyond what so many other people could not accomplish that didn't happen by chance there's some, there's some, you'd be knowing some shit <laughs> up in that noggin of yours. You know what's going on, dude. And you have some valuable knowledge and specialized. Nothing is more valuable than someone with specialized knowledge because that can be imparted to someone almost exactly like a carbon copy. You can get that information if you 
it is presented to you into the right format. So Josh has a little group. I would call it like a little like mastermind group. Ooh, I like that. It's a little mastermind where him and a, a group of people that have trust in his your abilities to prepare for to prepare for competitions yeah. will go to you as a coach beyond just technique, but like actual mindset, exercise, diet, stuff that has helped you and yeah, the stuff you use to become a successful adult competitor competing. You know, yes, you're older than you're up to ten years older than some of these guys than me. Ten years older than you. Yeah. Ten years older than Lucas. You I think you might have beat me once somewhere. Like, I don't know where. Maybe it's on could, ha- could have happened it's somewhere. It's on YouTube. So this guy, like, you know, there's something going on there. And if you'd be silly not to check that out, if that if what your goals are to improve in jujitsu and improve in your like that is your thing and you want to so get better at it. If you don't have a solid competition team to train with uh-huh. to prepare yourself for a competition and you need help preparing for your competition, I'm starting a camp eight weeks out from PANS uh-huh. to help people for PANS. So it's going to start mid-January, and it's going to go to mid-March. Okay. And then then PANS happens in the third week of March. And there's, there's limited availability for I this I will thing. not take... I, I, took, I took five people this time for Nogi Worlds, and we're on week five right now. Um, and I think I will, I will definitely not take more than eight. Yeah. I think eight is a good. Absolutely. I don't overwhelm myself. It's very, pretty much, I'm I'm just going to harass you every day about jujitsu stuff. And maybe not every day, every other day. It's a lot more than that though. I would hardly call it harassment. No, it's not harassment. (laughs) I'm just, I like to stay on top of people. And uh, yeah, if you know. uh, You you know what you should do. So my clients, they send me videos of them training. And then I watch it on my phone, screen record it. And I overlay my commentary on their training rounds and i tell them what they're doing wrong what they're doing right what i would have you should go to pants and coach them too yeah i'm gonna go to nogi roads and coach them at nogi right yeah yeah and i'll be at pants i read that in the chat stole that idea from someone no it's true that's a good i mean i am gonna do that i'm I'm like i have clients that are going to nogi worlds and i will be there for them at nogi worlds um yeah and then they send me technique questions i send them technique videos Uh, where can someone apply to this you will. Uh, I'm actually building the website right now. Okay, it but in the be, meantime, in the meantime, you'll just have to email me at hingerseminars at gmail dot com. Hinger seminars. That's spelled how it sounds. <laughs> Hinger sounds more. Well, sounds like it's spelled. Well, I'm not sure. Hinger. No one's really sure seminars. how to pronounce it, but it's it's hinger. Like injure would be the phonetic spelling, right? God damn you, hinger. Then why is why I don't understand. Inger, it's okay. ing, I-N-G, the root, the, root, the root word of your name is hinge. That's the root word, hinge. That's the etymology of it. hinge-er, hinger. That's how you spell hinge. How do you In, pronounce hinge? But inger is spelled with a J. Hinger. I'm not saying it's, inger, I'm saying hinge. It's, hinge is spelled with a G. It's a, It's German. It's a German name, so now say it with a German accent. Is hinge a German device? I, <laughs> I don't understand. All right. Hinka. It's actually Hinka. This was a lot Whatever. of fun. Yeah, let's get the fuck out. I'm done, I'm done with this. Guys, this train hard, real, motherfuckers. This was a real shit show. Don't make fucking fun. excuses. Train hard. Don't be spazzy white belts. Drink lots of water. Take your vitamins. Yep. Good and, job. And everyone. don't fucking DM me. I'm serious. Don't fucking DM me. If you have something to say, put it in the fucking comments. That's why we have a comment section on the IG page. You can you can DM. Um, if you put it in the comments, people can engage with you. It makes way more sense. If you're going to send me a DM, I'm going to fucking ignore it. 
and no one's going to, no conversation is going to happen. So just put it in the comments, let other people engage with you. I'll engage with you. Stop fucking DMing me. Yeah. It makes more sense to put it in a public forum. It just for make, sure. it, that, that's why the comment section is there. Put it on Reddit guys. Put it on fucking Reddit. Go say it on Reddit if you got an issue with Josh. They'll they'll back yeah, you up over they're, there. They're gonna back you up 100 percent and tell you what a piece of shit. <laughs> they'll I come am. in droves to yeah, back you and up, I'll ne- and I'll never see it because I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, it's for the best, honestly. I could never go on the internet again to read people's comments. I'd probably be just fine. <laughs> you know, yeah. I might actually be, have live a better life. You'd probably have a higher quality of life for <laughs> sure. <laughs> the internet is literally the most toxic environment on fucking planet Earth. You know why? Too? So that's <laughs> more so than a nuclear waste power, nuclear waste disposal place yeah more so than that. that's how toxic the internet is i don't know if it's that toxic. it's fucking toxic all right guys can, uh, we got to walk all the way over there to turn this thing off so it's right, gonna be I a real it. awkward walk it. of shame i got it you know what button to press <laughs> stop streaming stop. and stop recording i'll keep you guys company here as we close this one out goodbye hicks and gracie thanks for thanks for modding my